and welcome to the Drunken Fan Podcast. We have a new theme song. It's catchy. It's cool. It's a lot longer than the other one. It's got... Cameron has time to text now. Uh, I'm just messing with you. <laughs> like I said, this is a Drunken Fan Podcast. You're home for DFW sports with stupid opinions, people who don't understand anything and don't matter. And we're... We don't know what we're doing, and uh, it shows. But it's fun, and we we have fun. We're like a we're like a B minus version of whose line is it anyway? Oh, that's generous. Yeah, I know. That's I know, generous. I, know. I gotta say, be a little conceited. I'd say F plus. <laughs> F plus. Maybe F- that's even a little too high. F plus. All right, cool. Uh, before we get into anything, if you like what we're doing, please like and subscribe on your podcast platforms. That'll help you know when new episodes come out we try to do it every tuesday but i have a job in life and i can't do it every every day so i'm late a lot but i try hard and that's what counts anyway and if you have any questions or you want to bitch or complain about the new theme song maybe it goes on a little too long it's still going uh you can email us at drunkenquestions.gmail.com or you can follow us on twitter at drunkenfan1 Drunken fan and the number one. Yes, drunken fan and the number one. I always, I don't know why. I'd... Anyway, well, it could just be. That's that's why I was like, man, the number one. That's gonna be so confusing for people. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. It's fine. So, I was like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> oh my god, you're yeah. really pulling out yeah. some of the old tricks there. Yeah, I was like, so kiki. Like whatever. Anyway. So, yeah, we are trying out the new theme song, and uh, I don't know, like, let us know what you guys think, if you like it, if you don't like it, you know, doesn't matter. Oh, and one thing, one new thing that we're going to do, last week we started the, uh, we're going to let you know who our furthest away listener was from the previous week. This week, our furthest away listener was from Rollins, Wyoming. And the fun fact about Rollins is there is a paint pigment called Rollins Red that contains hematite, which is an oxide of iron, and it has anti-rust properties, and it is thought to be used as the original paint on the Brooklyn Bridge. So thank you, Wyoming. That's the that's the end goal in life, I think. I think that uh, once 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 it's when time I to die, settle, I want you to paint the Brooklyn Bridge with me. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> I think I might have just changed my life goal now. No. It's like to get out to Wyoming, that is. I love that I love that state. I gotta get out there more often. It's like I jumped off the bridge. Well you jumped off. Mm-hmm. No, I'm jumping on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're just gonna splatter all over it. <laughs> so, alright, well, first thing I want to uh I'd like to st- oh, I'm Cameron, by the way. Yes, and I'm Mal. Yes, we we gotta get better at that. Um but I wanted to start off this week with uh, talking about the stars. There's not a whole lot to talk about, but and I know I'm a little late to the party here, but if if y'all have not seen the We're Not Going Home documentary yet, it is phenomenal. I would highly recommend watching it. Whoever put all that together um, just did a fantastic job. It's only an hour long, so it's not like you have to set aside a whole lot of your day to... Uh, to watch it but it, it's it's definitely worth the watch it's fun to go back down and relive the 2020 stanley cup finals run uh it's called we're not going home and i know anton hudobin made that really really popular with uh 
with what he said after they beat Vegas in Game 5 of the Western Conference Finals, but that was a common thing that the Stars were saying to each other throughout the playoff run is they didn't want to go home. No one ever wanted to go home just because if you did, that means you're obviously that meant that your run was done. But as soon as I started it, I, I just knew I was like, oh, man, I'm going to cry. I'm going to cry. And then whenever they started showing the family montage while they were waiting for uh, uh, while they were waiting to play Vegas, because they it was still Vancouver and Vegas that had to play game six before they could move on. Uh, Vancouver. No, there was a yeah, van cover. Yes. Yeah. Whenever they uh whenever they showed the family montage and all the fans that were that sent in that submitted their videos, it 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 got me. It got me and I I defy you to watch that without crying. So, it was good stuff. So, it please go ahead and watch that and um the other uh, the other really big thing here is and you just showed me before we started recording was the uh the stars like they they like I know that we've already seen the reverse retro jerseys but they released a picture today that said that, or that, that showed, showed it, showed on, the it ice, like on the ice, on the ice, and that that's that's everything. Whenever it comes to really the the uniforms and stuff, and it doesn't look as bad as I thought that it would. It it's still I still don't think it's one of the better jerseys that Adidas made for the reverse retro, but it looks better than what I thought, and I think that's just because we're used to, before they went to Victory Green, uh, and this new design, they had the black home jerseys, and then they had the all-white away jerseys, and mm-hmm. I, I, it, it's it's very similar to that. It's, it, it's, so, I mean, it, it, it looks fine. It's, it's good, not great, so at least there, at least it's not going to be as much of an eyesore like I thought it would be, so, and then, uh, if anyone's ever interested in watching the World Juniors, which is start, uh, which is coming up soon, they're going to be doing uh, the Bubble Cities as well in, uh, for that. But it's Bubble City. Uh, it's just going to be in um, in Edmonton, and uh, uh, the Stars will have four players playing: two for Team Canada, which is uh, Tomas Harley and Maverick Bork, and then in uh, on Team Sweden. Teams, yeah, we are from Sweden. Yeah, <laughs> we are so cool with our Eiffel Tower and our baguettes. I don't. You do know that French isn't Sweden, right? Oh, it's France. Okay, uh, they've got two players playing <clears throat> for Team Sweden. I don't know how to pronounce their name. I'm sorry, but <laughs> it's. Uh, I'm gonna try. Daniel. I'm gonna assume that L is silent, and it looks like Jungman, Daniel Jungman, and Samuel. Jordan, S J O L U N D. So, if you want to, if you're hurting for hockey like, like the rest of us Stars fans are, then uh, go ahead and tune in to the World Juniors that will be kicking off soon. I, it doesn't, I, it doesn't have a date announced on here yet, and uh, but here's hoping that that'll be soon, and we'll uh, we'll get some we'll get if it's anything it's it's just world junior hockey, but it's still hockey and it's it, it's still always fun to watch. So really, that's it with the stars. Just go watch that uh, go watch that documentary. It was very moving, very inspiring, and it was fun to see. It was fun to see this team um, behind the scenes and really what it looked like, and it really did appear to be a family. And I think that honestly. Losing this Stanley Cup Finals, of course, losing in the Stanley Cup Final is always difficult. It's probably the lowest moment of anyone's season ever. 
Like, out of any team, no one experiences that low. But this team experienced the lowest of the low. I think that they sacrificed so much for this Stanley Cup. I think that this will only bring them closer. And the thing that I hate the most is, is if you look at, like, the NBA power rankings, they're, the Miami Heat are always up there in, like, like in the top 10. And they say, well, no, no one had the Miami Heat on their radar going into last season, but... They deserve credit for everything that they did, and this team is better than what we thought. But then on the other side, if you go to the NHL power rankings, everyone is just sitting there saying that the Stars had to, no pun intended, but the Stars had to align perfectly for this Dallas team to get this deep of a run. And this Stars team is good, but it's not great, and it's going to take a miracle for them to repeat what they did last year. And I think that this team is going to come out and has shown that it can score the way that we all thought it would. And I think that the, losing this cup is going to make this team that much better going forward. I think that they got so close and they tasted it. And I think that they're going to look to recreate or, 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 or replicate what they did during these playoffs because now they have a blueprint on how they can. And now they're, they're, they're close like a family. It's pretty much the same team that's all coming back next year. And I think that this team is really going to make some noise. And this documentary just pretty much solidified that for me. And it, you, you can just tell that everyone just bought into this system. And now that Rick Bonus is coming back, it, it's, it's, it's just going to be great. So I can't wait for this season. January 1st is still the target date. And uh, here's hoping that they'll still be able to uh, make that happen. We just have just no confirms yet. So. That's it for the stars. That is it for the stars. What's next? Do you want to talk about the Mavericks or do you want to talk about the Rangers next? I mean, does it matter? Yeah, no, there's not a whole lot. <clears throat> there's not a lot. Uh, the Mavericks, um, just steady as she goes, man. I, I know that... Uh, uh, I know. Time, every time I hear steady as she goes, it reminds me of that uh, Racket and Tours song. No? No, I don't know that song. Wow, that's a good song. You should check it out. All right. Well, um, yeah, I mean, it's just, I know that uh, Porzingis was out there practicing, uh, it just by himself, obviously, but it, it looks like his knee, obviously, it's not going to be ready to go, but it, he looked good shooting the ball. It, he looked like he was comfortable. Yeah it, yeah, it looked like that he was well on his way. He's not, let's hope that he doesn't pull a Clay Thompson, because, man, that just sucks. Oh. That just sucks for Golden State. Yeah, because I mean, and it it really showed how much they missed that guy, and um, now he's gone again. So here's hoping that Porzingis doesn't take a setback. It doesn't look like that he is, but uh, at least he's out there practicing, looking good while doing it. And then, uh, yeah, there's just a lot of hype going on oh, around in those new jerseys. Oh my God, you want to talk about <laughs> awful jerseys? I just don't understand. They hyped it up, and they were like, oh, you know, it's going to be a nod to our city and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, this would be kind of cool. It, there's, it's just gold. That's it. That's it's it's gold. white and gold. Like it's just, <laughs> it, 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 I'm telling you, it looks like if they, were, if they were to have taken LeBron James's first shoe and made him into a jersey, like that's what it looks like. And those first LeBron James shoes were awful. I would know because I owned a pair. But uh, – but man, the, do those jerseys just look terrible? What are you doing? <laughs> so, and then, um, and then finally, with the Mavericks, the uh, the power rank, the the they're this. Oh my gosh, Sports Illustrated did come out with a power ranking. Yeah, 
and the, they have the Mavericks at number 11, which is kind of underwhelming, but uh, but if you want to look at it... I would say it, be kind of high. No, 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 not at all. I, I would think that you could have them higher, but if you look at it, it's a lot of teams in the East that are up there, and the Mavericks are uh, fourth in the West, because it goes L.A., Milwaukee, LA, LA uh, Miami, Boston. Yeah, see, look, Miami at number four. But yet the stars are middle of the pack. In the uh, Anyway, sorry, moving on. Miami, Boston, Denver, Portland, Philadelphia, Brooklyn, which that, that makes no sense to me either because Steve Nash is a first-year head coach. We don't know what that team's going to look like. And Kevin Durant still hasn't played for them yet. So is it going to be Kevin Durant of old, or is this going to be... Kevin Durant having some ring rust coming off of his uh, uh, coming off of his injury, so it's I don't understand that. Uh, but then Toronto and then Dallas, uh. so I mean, could be better. Could I? I think that they could be ranked higher. I think that they should be in the top ten, just because the Mavericks have addressed everything that they needed to this offseason. They did. They brought in defensive players, and uh, I, and I think getting rid of Seth Curry was totally fine and not getting rid like i hate to say that uh, because trading, it, trading. Yeah, yeah yeah trading him um for uh josh richardson i just think that that's just a win like we discussed it last week but that's just such a huge win-win for this dallas mavericks team and now they've got a player in josh richardson that can score and shoot threes not to the extent of Seth Curry, but he can still shoot threes, but then he can also defend very well. Yeah. And then whenever they brought in Josh Green with their first pick, he's another really good defender. And then I'm telling you, Tyler Bay is another one of those guys that they got at 76 with that Seth Curry trade. And I just, I don't see how you can look at the Dallas Mavericks and everything that they did last year offensively. And then now you bring in defensive players that can really help. And I, I just, 11th to me, I think is, is low considering where this team was last year and now they've only gotten better and I, I just I just think that 11 is a little low in my book but that's still it's still good that they aren't I like it whenever I was scrolling through I'm like they're gonna fuck the Mavericks over and they're gonna put them at like 15 or 16 so 11 was still like it was a pleasant surprise but I just still don't think it was good enough yeah so <clears throat> but the experts quote unquote are usually never right so here's hoping that they're wrong about this one too and let's just get this season going because it's just going to be exciting because then whenever we get basketball and hockey going we've got two really solid teams that are going to be playing out of the american airlines center and uh it's just it's just going to be a really exciting time so that's all i have on the maps that's all i have on the maps as well yeah okay thanks those jerseys man oh my god yeah let's oh my god those jerseys are awful that's not yeah, we're like, yeah, just go go Google them. And if you think we're wrong, just email us and let us know. Because, like, it's very different than... DrunkenQuestions at gmail.com. But see, and that's the thing, though, is I can, I can respect them trying to be different. But I would say that if you're going to bring in a gold, wait until the 50th anniversary. Don't do it on the 40th. What's the 40th anniversary? I, silver? I think 35 is silver. 25 yeah, is yeah silver? 25 is silver. Yeah, What's I, What's fortieth? No one cares about forty. That's like whenever you're. That's like whenever you turn, like twenty-seven years old. Like nobody cares. Like it doesn't. It doesn't matter. Hey Siri. <laughs> What's the fortieth anniversary? Oh, this is solid podcasting. I found an answer. It's displayed on your iPhone. 
Oh, God. oh, and seeing now series. Is, oh, and then it went away. At what? A, what? A la- series just getting lazier and lazier. She's like, "You read it, fucker." Hey Siri, what's the fortieth anniversary? Oh my God. <laughs> I found an answer. It's displayed on your iPhone. Ruby. Oh, the Ruby, dude. Jack that Ruby, actually, man. Could you imagine, like, if the oh, Dallas Mavericks paid tribute that, to Jack Ruby? But like, instead of gold, if they had Ruby. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah, but with the white still too, you think? No, not yeah, yeah, white. I didn't think so. So no, I mean, I, no. like if it was like with like all blue yeah or black. Yeah, dude, I think that'd be great because I remember whenever they had those jerseys back in the late two thousands where it was all that green and then it had the blue trim. Mm-hmm. Those were awesome, and that that was very different. And the Dallas area is very big on blue like cowboys rangers mavericks like blue has been like a very big part and that's why i like that the stars whenever they rebranded they didn't they decided to go away from they stay they stayed away from that blue but yeah i I mean the mavericks used to be green yeah i know yeah yeah, i know and so i but but just still like it just looked really sharp so i I think going with a ruby color would have been would have been nice yeah yeah swing and a miss well yeah, what can you do? What They're not going to be wearing it all the they, time. Oh, and maybe, you know they, maybe Mark Cuban doesn't have Siri. You want to talk about... <laughs> I think Mark Cuban owns Siri. Um, <laughs> whenever, And you want to talk about like a jersey that's not going to look good. The Mavericks at the American Airlines Center, they're going back to that old school logo. Like That white and that gold are going to look awful on that court. With that green... Like oh man, but I mean I don't know. You you put in red and green like that still that only works in at Christmas time. That any other time that's like a that's a fashion faux pas. Yeah, a fashion so. fupa. <laughs> yeah. So okay, so now that's really it on the Mavs. Anyway, yeah, the right. Oh no, nope. Yep. Let's oh, let's go ahead. Oh, hold on before the soccer. Oh yeah, do you have trivia segment? this week? We have trivia this week. We don't have a theme. For yeah, I know. I was about to say. I was just, <laughs> it's trivia. Okay, that's now our trivia. We're gonna. There's our sound bite right there. It's uh, yeah. <clears throat> okay, so the theme for the trivia so far has been draft. I mean, I say so far because it was last week was our first trivia. So <laughs> okay. With the their first draft pick ever in 1961, who did the Dallas Cowboys draft? What the fuck, dude? Um, is this a name that I'll know? It's a name that you should recognize. Oh man, what position? Def- defensive tackle. I, I have no idea. Like I can't. Like I can't even take a stab at that. In 1961, is he famous for being a cowboy? He's or, pre- or did he? Or did he make his name somewhere else? He, no, he's famous for being a cowboy. Oh, jeez. Well, he, he, but he also went to college at TCU. So, oh god, it's like double dipping. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's this is a good trivia. Qu- I have no idea. I can't even take a guess. Uh, if if I have to throw out a name, I like I can't even like. Mean Joe Green. I know he went to UNT, but I'm just like that. Like that's the only thing I could think of. Bob Lilly. 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 Oh yeah. man, no, Bob, I would. Bob Lilly. I would have never guessed that. That's why it's trivia. 
Yeah, good good trivia. That was a, that was a good one. <clears throat> yeah, what we should do, the way that we should format it, is I should ask the trivia question, and then wait for people to respond, like email in their guesses. Yes, because we get so many emails from listeners. <laughs> wait for Jr. to email his <laughs> guess. Yeah, but how are we going to know that they didn't cheat? And then do know. a Google search. I don't know. Here's what, okay, here's what we can do. We'll flip-flop every week. You okay. come up with a question, and then next week I'll come up with a question. We'll ask it at the beginning of the podcast, and then at the end, it kind of gives people, because I, I would have had to have guessed. There's no way I would have guessed that, but I didn't want to just yeah. sit here and just let yeah, dead yeah, air yeah, go. Yeah, 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 so okay. let's, yeah. Okay, that makes more sense. Or actually, let's ask it right before the soccer minute, and then those uh, we have until and the then, end of the podcast to really think about it. And, yeah, okay. And then that's the last thing that we do is like, okay, what's your guess? Okay. That sound okay? Yeah. All right, cool. We're just learning on the fly here. Trivia. Da, 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 da. All right, so we now know who FC Dallas is going to be playing. Yeah, first of all, I only agreed to watch that game because I wasn't paying attention. I thought it was FC Dallas playing. Dude, I'm it t- wasn't. No, it wasn't. And it was so funny. You scrolled over and you went, uh, dude. And I looked up and went, yeah, what? He goes, I was like, did you think it was FC Dallas? <laughs> and we didn't even get to watch it either. Your 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 yeah, TV kept AT&T freezing. Kept, yeah, the AT and T kept freezing. So, yeah. but it, I left and I went home. And that that Seattle Sounders game actually they started like the the goals started happening. I mean, but Seattle ended up winning soundly. Uh, and this is a rematch from the MLS playoffs last year, where Dallas was eliminated by the Seattle Sounders. But it was a it was a high scoring game for soccer, uh, and uh, it also and it took extra time for Seattle to end up take taking the lead and ultimately eliminating Dallas last year. So this is this is you know that FC Dallas still has that bad taste in their mouth and the Seattle Sounders are that team that everyone like I said last week everyone is picking them hands down to be the winners of the MLS Cup this year. Here's the thing though, if you look at the MLS Cup bracket, like if you want to talk about March Madness and having brackets busted over in the East None of the top seeds advanced. Like it, we have, we have two teams that advanced in Nashville and uh, what was this other team here? Well, it, it, two of the team in the East they had these uh, these qualifying matches, and both of those teams that won their elimination matches have advanced. So the craziest things can happen right now in the MLS Cup, and that's what that's the beautiful thing about it being one and done. I mean, you can say it's a beautiful thing. Some people would argue that it's that you can't determine soccer that way. I understand that, but it's just you just never know who's going to win, and if it's really possible for anything to happen, then there's no reason why FC Dallas can't upset the Seattle Sounders. Uh, and that game is tomorrow. It is tomorrow night, so make sure that we watch that. But uh, let me see here. That game is tomorrow night at 9 o'clock, or 9.30, excuse me. So it'll be 8.30 on Central Time. So make sure that we're watching for FC Dallas tomorrow. I don't know if they really can, but they really need to have Jimmy Maurer come up big like he did against uh against Portland. But th- this is the way that it's going to go and Luchi Gonzalez is I 
I think that they're going to take another approach like they did against Portland where they're going to kind of wait back and let Portland kind of wear uh, and let Seattle wear themselves out and then they're going to attack there at the end. And I mean it worked for them last week. I don't see why it wouldn't happen again this week. So if you really want to kind of wait and tune in for the second half whenever things will pick up, then that's on you and I understand that, but it's I like this is another one of those times where anything can happen and this is it's very exciting. So let's uh, let's go FC Dallas and games tomorrow night, eight thirty Central Time on ESPN. That's all I've got. I'm sorry, I wasn't listening. FC Dallas wins the game. Nine thirty. Win tomorrow. Yes, tomorrow. Thank you. It'll be nine thirty here. Just making sure you're paying attention. So, you want to move on to the Rangers? The Rangers. All right, cool. The only thing that I saw so far this week is that... Lance Lynn is on the trading Lance block. Lance Lynn is on the trading block. And, I mean, you know what? That was That's going to kind of go with the direction that they want. And I bet you that anything that they're not going to be wanting anything big in return for them. They're probably going to want a lot of young prospects and... Yeah. Maybe draft picks. I don't know. Like because I mean, it, draft picks aren't. aren't yeah, no, as it's, yeah, it's not as big of a. Yeah, yeah it's not, not as, as valuable, valuable in the MLB. Yeah, but still, eventually, draft picks have to end up working out for you. So, oh, yeah, but if you're trading Lance Lynn, are you looking? Are you looking for prospects, or what do you what do you think in this? Yeah. What do you think yeah. that's going to be coming out of that? The the only thing that makes sense is you trade him to somebody who needs. Uh, a piece now they're looking for somebody who could be a really good number three or a solid number two and they're just looking to improve their uh their uh rotation like right now and and uh they have some prospects that they're willing to part with well because i mean <clears throat> according to the article here it says that the uh it's like the White Sox and the Blue Jays, and there was another team too that said that they were really interested at the trade deadline to get them, and they couldn't. They like obviously they didn't make that, they didn't pull the trigger, but yeah, those don't really seem like teams that to me that are like one solid piece away from being from making a deep playoff run. No. so I mean I don't know I don't know I, which and other teams. I think teams that's partly why at. they didn't get the didn't get any deals done. Because the that team, the, those teams probably didn't want to give up what they would have needed to give up mm-hmm. for Lance Lynn. Yeah. So, are you looking at trading him? I would to I, Houston. To no. no. Uh, I would say, I would say Houston's one that the Rangers say no thanks. Um, but I would, I would, I could see Lance Lynn go into Atlanta, or even the Yankees. Um. <clears throat> yeah, maybe even San Diego. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I mean, I could see Lance Lynn landing a bunch of places. Uh, and I mean, it, they're not going to want to give up too much for him either, because no. he still has like he like this is his last year of his contract. Yeah. So it's not like that they're going to give up a whole lot, right? I mean. The they're Rangers gonna, are going to want a bunch. Yeah, but. it's it's not like you're giving up something that's going to come back to bite you right now. You know, you're not you're not trading Fernando Tatis Jr. for Lance Lynn. But yeah, right, right. But <clears throat> you you may be trading like the next Elvis Andrews for Lance Lynn. You know, which 
which I think in that moment you do it, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. If you're in win now mode, of course, of course, you know, the Braves traded away half their farm system for Teixeira, but they were trying to win a championship that year. It didn't work out for them, but you know, that's, that's part of the risk of making trades like that. And I think that that's what you're looking for uh, in return for Lance Lynn is you, you want a solid, a hall of prospects that you think I'd be, I'd be shocked if they, if they traded him for less than two or three prospects that they thought could like, I'd be shocked if they traded him for less than three people, two of which I, I think you would really want to be shoe ins to at least make it to the major league level. And, like and this, be, like this be year, solid contributors. No, not necessarily yeah. this year, but just in the future. Well, and it's it, it, we were we've been talking about consistently that the Rangers pitchers right now their prospects look great, their infield looks great, but there's not really a whole lot to speak of whenever it comes to the outfield. So, are you looking for maybe outfield prospects? Are you looking for bullpen prospects? Like it's just with, with this with this Rangers team, it just seems like that. I, I, it's so hard to kind of look and see where this team has needs. Yeah, uh, for the future, they're so young. Yeah, yeah, because the whole team is so is so young right uh, now. But really, the I outfield would, is the only thing that you don't really hear a whole lot about. So I would say, I mean, you're looking. I, I would think that your your main focus would be the outfield or catcher. But I think you're you're listening to to every offer. You know. And if somebody's not willing to part with, well, the a bunch of outfielders, but but they've got you know somebody they think is the next Pudge, then then yeah, you take it. Well, and then they also claimed the the Rangers just got the Giants catcher, um, Aramis uh, Garcia. Yeah, is that how you pronounce his name? No clue. Oh, okay. So like that's just how under the radar this guy is. But yeah, they claimed him off of waivers from the Giants. So I mean, I don't know if they'd be. I mean that's that's another thing that we don't really talk a whole lot about too is that we, we we talk about the infield but we don't really include the catcher in that too much and I don't really you don't really yeah. hear about the well Sam Huff yeah Sam Huff Sam Huff yeah 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 so yeah I don't know if you're really looking to trade for the, a catcher either that's one of the things about baseball that's that's different about every almost every other sport is you're constantly trying to reload at every position just because you've got Sam Huff doesn't mean he's going to pan out and you don't need to stop getting catching prospects because you feel like you've got a guy who could be a really good major leaguer, you know? Yeah, but, I mean, he's shown. He's shown this year that he can be a good major leaguer. Yeah, but that doesn't mean that you stop. You're you're always going to want to bring prospects in. And if you bring in a prospect who could be a really good major leaguer and Sam Huff does pan out, well, that's good for you because now you could trade that prospect for somebody, you know, who, you know, maybe Lance Lynn type who's going to contribute now, but, you know, isn't going to clog up the roster whenever it's time for the other guys to come up. Yeah. So, so in other words, you're, you're not looking to trade Lance Lynn for players that can play now. No. Because I mean, according to according to this here too, is that the Rangers don't even have a full forty man roster right now either. They're only at thirty nine players, so they still need to get one more. <clears throat> I just don't know where they would need it. So I just didn't know if that was like you would be looking for a player in that Lance Lynn trade, like maybe an old veteran from some like from some team that can fill that last role. Possibly. Yeah. I mean, like I said, it. It, the, the baseball is really one of those sports. Well, 
not one. It is that sport that you can't ever stop getting recruit, uh, getting prospects. Well, really, with I'd say like really the only sport that doesn't really because I, I'd say in football, football is probably the only sport where it's like, oh, we've got. We've got that quarterback that's really great. Like we've got our Patrick Mahomes, then we don't have to worry about. We just need someone that can just kind of fill the void of backup for now. But you're not really looking to replace Patrick Mahomes. You're not always trying to better get better at the quarterback position if you have a Patrick Mahomes or an Aaron Rodgers or well maybe Aaron Rodgers because he's older now. But mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. I, but I all see, the all the other sports like I, hockey for sure, baseball for sure. I see what you're saying, but what I, well, what I'm talking about is. Because I think it's for different reasons. Like, just because you have Steph Curry, you need other forwards, you know? I don't even know what he plays. Is it a forward? <laughs> Who? Steph Curry. Yeah, he's... Uh, anyway, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Just because you have... No, I think Steph Curry's a guard. Well, either way, just, just He'd because... Be too, he's too short to be a forward. Anyway, I'm sorry. <laughs> doesn't matter. <laughs> just because you have, you know, that that player... You, you still need more, you know, just because you've got Wayne Gretzky doesn't mean you're not looking for somebody who's a, you know, solid third, third or fourth line. Well, yeah, because, forward. because, but, 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 um, baseball is one of those where it's like, yeah, we've got this guy, but we don't know if he's going to pan out or not. Like, <clears throat> it's not like with, football where it's like the the jets are like okay if we get trevor lawrence like he we think he's a pretty much sure thing i mean nothing's ever a sure thing in any sport but football's way easier to predict success than than baseball or basketball even no yeah i know that's why i'm saying like football's the only sport that's really out there but, that it's like but what what i'm saying is i I, th- I think baseball is the hardest to predict and so that's what really sets it apart because you if you have a whole like a good group of a solid group of forwards in hockey and you've got a solid like all four lines are young guys and they're all really good yeah you're going to you're not going to say well we're just going to ignore forwards but it's not the priority whereas in baseball it's like yeah we've got good ones but we don't know how good they're going to be ever we don't know if they're ever even going to make it so let's keep getting as many good people at every position as we can yeah, that makes sense because in hockey, whenever you draft like number one overall picks and they don't pan out, then you're, it's it's like, you know, it's like, it's, what are you doing? The yeah, name like, a number one overall baseball. Yeah, no, I know, I know. Josh Hamilton. Can't. Josh Hamilton was a number one. Oh, yeah. For the Rangers? No. Yeah, the, it was the Rays. Rays. Okay. Yeah. That's the only one I can think of. Well, and the only reason why you know that one is because right of what he did for the Rangers. Right. Exactly. I mean, if Josh Hamilton did well in Cincinnati. Right, we we probably we'd be like, oh yeah, like I mean that makes sense that Josh Hamilton would have been a number one overall pick, but right. I wouldn't have fucking known that. Right. So yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So it, it just it because yeah, the pressure uh-uh. yeah the pressure is not necessarily getting drafted number one, and then there's all this pressure to perform. It's more along the lines of okay, well you were drafted number one. That's the easy part. Yeah. The hard part is getting to the getting to the show. Yeah, you know the hard part is getting up there, and yeah, so not con- yeah. Congratulations, you got drafted number one overall. You may get to skip short season A ball, but you're still going to single A, buddy. You might not be there very long, 
but you're still going. Like, that's why the whole Tim Tebow thing pissed off so many people. Yeah, because there are people who legitimately play baseball who are trying to make it to double A, and and the Mets were like, eh, this guy puts people in seats. Yeah, and see, it's so funny because back whenever Jordan started trying to play baseball, I know that Jordan put people in seats. Jordan can go play tiddlywinks and he would put people in the seats you know and he'd yeah. probably be fucking phenomenal at tiddlywinks just because that man can but jordan was still one of those players that he, he did not get a free pass no. anywhere he went i no. know and i know in space jam it's like slider don't swing you know like and i'm yeah. i'm sure that that shit never happened they were just no. doing that for comic relief yeah. yeah but but still like jordan was having to earn his keep in baseball and there were a lot of people that were sitting there saying that there's a fly somewhere yeah. uh there's That's, a, that is what people were saying when Jordan was playing baseball. There's a fly somewhere. Uh, no, uh, but there are a lot of people that were saying that Jordan was getting good enough to where he would have eventually played in the majors. Yeah. But Jordan was still having to work his way up through it, and that's just the way that baseball works. So, I mean, that, and, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. That's the, that's the problem is Jordan went from this greatest of all time figure to he's going to a different sport a lot of people expected – He's gonna. He's an, an amazing athlete. Of course, you're gonna be able to plug him right into baseball. And he'll, so is Greg Luganis, but I bet he get his ass whooped out here. Wow. Anyway, uh, so he goes and he struggles. And you look at his numbers. Their numbers weren't terrible. They weren't great, but they weren't terrible. But he was showing a lot of improvement. Yeah. If you yeah, if you break down like the last of his career, his numbers were better than obviously mm-hmm. whenever he first got started because right. he was having to build from a basketball body. To a baseball body. Yeah. And that just, shit like that just doesn't happen overnight. Right. And just the, the coordination is yeah. different. Yeah, 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 Every, yeah of everything's, course. Everything's just yes. a, a yeah. little different. He he was definitely had a leg up on the other competition just because he was a professional athlete. But the only reason the White Sox drafted him is because of who he was and he played for the Bulls. Yeah, right. So, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, at his age, no one would have gotten a shot. Uh, like unless maybe um, but but not starting out yeah yeah yeah. no i'm talking about like so not i'm not talking about like a like a like a two-player athlete like Deion sanders was or like what bo jackson was i'm just talking about like some run-of-the-mill baseball player that maybe didn't pick up baseball until he was in college and took naturally to it yeah but then by the time he was eligible to draft to be drafted 27 yeah he was like 27 or whatever like your average joe would not get their chance would not get their shot at 27 they'd look at you and be like sorry too little too late right but because jordan was jordan yeah even even if you get fast-tracked you're talking about making your major league debut at what 31 32 yeah yeah no way you're gonna get yeah three four years of oh yeah i know that guy is and then but but the point being is that even someone like Michael Jordan was not above the rules. Right. Whenever whenever it comes to the unwritten rules that are right. yeah. the baseball farm system. Yes. So just one thing that did you have anything else to add about that? No. One last thing is it's so funny because I was I've, I found something that says where possibly Mike Miner not Mike Miner uh, where Lance Lynn could be traded. Did you see where Mike Miner landed? Uh uh-uh. uh Kansas City. He went back to KC. Yeah, I was about to say, isn't that where he was initially? Yeah, so that's funny. It's a funny hat. Anyway, go ahead. So, but yeah, the potential teams that could possibly be open for trades, or at least that this author thinks of this article, uh, thinks where he will land, and the number one is the Padres. 
Hey, look it at says, that. uh, yeah, apparently they have, uh, they have a good farm system. Well, they do, and it says that their their pitching staff is really depleted right now. Their starters are a lot of starters are injured or coming yeah. off of injuries. Yeah. So the Padres would make a lot of sense. They have a need. They have the prospects. Uh, the next one is the White Sox, then the Angels, mm. then the Braves, then the Blue Jays, and then some like honorable mentions are the Cubs, the Yankees, the A's, and the Rays. So it's just it's just funny. I would have never thought San Diego because it's because you are uh, like what you said is correct. Like it would have to go to a team that would need that last piece. And just the Dodgers, the Padres have been so bad for so long. They're like the Clippers of the Major League Baseball. Yeah. And, They're uh, like the Mets of Major League. Baseball. Oh, dude, the Mets are just always <laughs> so bad. But yeah, no, but the Padres, they've just been so bad for so long. You just whenever the whenever they get better, they just kind of come out of nowhere and you're like, "What?" You're so like, so that just that just took me aback and you and you're right. So yeah, the Padres. So here's hoping for the Padres. I guess. But we'll go from there. That's all I've got. You got anything else on the Rangers? Uh no, I do not. I do not, sir. All right. Shall, shall shall we shall we talk about the Thanksgiving whooping? Oh my God, dude! Oh, I was you know I earlier in the day yeah. I was laughing at Detroit, thinking how how every year excuse me do you do this? I was laughing at Detroit Lions fans, thinking why would you still cheer for this team? What is wrong in your head? that makes you volunteer for this type of emotional abuse to put yourself in these situations. And then the fucking Cowboys played. Yeah. Oh, right. Mm -hmm. I'm no better. Mm -hmm. I am no better. (sighs) Yeah. But see with Detroit, you always sit there and you're, you, you expect them to do Detroit things, right? With the Cowboys, you expect them to be, like, like you expect them to do cowboy things, which is... over the last is, 20 years, they've basically know, been the same team. I know, I know, but but you expect more from the cowboys because of their history and everything that they've proven that they can do it. And the... the yeah. The Lions are so bad that they had, a, they had a running back, the greatest running back to ever play the game, and they still couldn't do anything with him. You know, and so it's just... Yeah. You could argue that being a Cowboys fan is a lot worse. And it's... I could not... <laughs> I said that the Cowboys were going to come out and monkey stomp nope. the Washington football team, which Joe Buck just cannot get that shit into his head that they are not the you-know-whats anymore. It's They are definitely – and but he said it probably like – Oh, 18 times in that game where he just he just he just kept he kept calling them their old mascot name and, and you're just like Joe someone needs well, to talk into his earpiece or maybe, something tell maybe him maybe it was Joe maybe it was Troy Aikman I don't know it's they so hard to trying tell. to impersonate each they other they can the and time. they can do it too it's so hard it's to tell almost, whenever it's it's almost like they pair Joe Buck and Troy Aikman together so that if you're if you don't know Troy Aikman's there you think man Joe Buck can talk without breathing. 
<laughs> it's kind of like that Tenacious D song where he, he discovers how to he sing internally. Sing on the way in. Yeah. <laughs> and Jack Black can actually do that, too. It's impressive. Have you That's tried? Cr- I know yeah, it's, no, so it's, 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 it's so hard to do it. Like, it's so hard to do it. And Jack Black's good at it. So maybe that's <laughs> Troy Aikman just, or maybe that's Joe Buck just internally talking. Yeah. But yeah, they sound just like each other. And it's, it's so, it's, 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 it's hysterical and annoying at the same time. <laughs> yeah. So let's, I mean, do you want to talk about some of the, the, the key moments in that game? Because I mean, they went into halftime and they were looking good. They were looking good. I blame Kane Brown. Uh, I think Kane Brown coming out here and doing whatever the hell that was. That sure as shit wasn't country, but I think Kane Brown came out and just the Cowboys were like, oh, we've lost motivation here. Well, going You've into ruined the, it. The, really, it was the fourth quarter when the wheels fell yeah, off. Yeah, I know. I the, know it was. The, I know it was. But, I mean, that pass that Andy Dalton had yeah. to Amari Cooper right there at the like right there in the second quarter, like it, that was a beautiful pass. And Amari Cooper, I, whoever number 23 was for, for the Washington football team, like they like, – like he could not hang with Amari Cooper. He couldn't because then later on they tried the same thing and Amari Cooper wasn't doing any double moves or anything. He just blew right past him on the outside for the touchdown. Then he made it look like that he was going to be breaking to the outside and broke to the inside and burned him again. And, and I'm just past interference. Yeah. yeah, and it was yeah, and it was the he had to tackle him in order to keep him from getting another long touchdown. And so you're watching this just going, keep going at him. Yeah, and then they didn't. Yeah, and then like everything changed. Everything yeah. changed, and then you. Well, Go, go ahead go ahead we'll get to the, we'll get to the atrocity in a second but we'll, well, we'll we just, can lead up to it i was just gonna gonna rattle off some numbers real quick yeah go ahead andy dalton went 25 for 35 which isn't bad 215 yards one touchdown one interception respectable right uh alex smith 19 for 26 149 yards one touchdown one interception uh you know not not what you would hope for but considering the injury that he came back from very uh, very respectable the main difference cuz i mean you look at it man the cowboys beat the or the cowboys lost basically every major statistic except for passing yards um but that was just pretty much because amari cooper yeah had a day yeah uh, but the the main difference was Ezekiel Elliott disappearing again. Ten carries, thirty two yards, one fumble. Yeah, I know, I know. I mean, it, it, as soon as as soon and and this is just show going to show you that Ezekiel Elliott's rookie of the year trophy really should have gone to Dak Prescott. It oh did, no 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 no! Yeah, I'm sorry I'm sorry I'm sorry I'm, I'm sorry I got that the I got that wrong. It really goes to show you that the rookie of the year going to Dak Prescott yeah. was correct. I'm sorry yeah, I didn't mean yeah. to because I I was saying that all the, like the whole way around. I was saying it the other way because I was thinking that that Dak well, that should have gone to Zeke, well Zach yeah because yeah, Dak Prescott favored because Ezekiel Elliott like they like everyone respected the run so of course he was going to pass and, and and you could give me the ball and I could have thrown with Ezekiel Elliott as as my running back because people would think I'd be handing it off and blah 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 it goes to show you man that that was no fluke yeah and and as soon as Dak went down they went to Zeke and it was like this is your team now but but also I mean you gotta there, there's a little bit of slack that needs to be cut because the you're you're <laughs> They don't have to worry about the pass so much anymore. The team, the other teams, yeah. Every now and then, Amari Cooper might burn you, but how many times is Andy Dalton going to be able to put it where he needs to? Well, and Andy Dalton showed. Andy Dalton showed that 
once he gets a little frustrated, yeah, the wheels come off. Yeah, absolutely, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he can't, he can't he can't keep his the emotions The wheels don't in just check. come off. He takes the he kicks the wheels off. Yeah, I know. And it, I think that that game right there cost him his deal next year. Yep. I don't care what he does the rest of this season. If he even starts, I don't I, like I think that they should go away from Andy Dalton. I think that they should look at Andy Dalton and be like you had your chance and you blew it. You blew it, bud, and we're going to go ahead and go with a legit quarterback that we might want to keep next year. Yeah. And and might might allow that person because you have proven that you cannot you cannot keep it together and that's the difference and you were talking about how like both both quarterbacks had respectable days, I think Andy Dalton had a good f- first half yeah. and Alex Smith came out and had a great second half and and yeah. and Andy Dalton just pecorinate on us you know and I think that Oof. I yeah I, and I think that seeing Andy Dalton get as frustrated as he was and the 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 terrible passes that he was making and everything like you could just and he was like letting his emotions just hang out there on his sleeve and it's like dude you can't do that if you're going to be the leader of yeah. this team you have to be I wouldn't say upbeat but you if you're frustrated you have to keep it together you have to channel it you really do and in you, a positive yeah, way yeah absolutely and 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 I think that that game right there cost Andy Dalton his contract because there, I don't think any team's going to give him a shot next year no, not one. Not as a not as a starter. No way. Uh, there, I, maybe there, not even there, as a backup because he was the backup for Dallas and 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 look what happened. I, right. I think that you don't want him to captain any kind of offense right now. Right. There are four statistics that really tell you all you need to know about this game. Uh, first downs. Washington had twenty two. Dallas had thirteen. Mm. Third down efficiency. They both went for it. 13 times on third down. So they both got into third down. Yeah, I was about to say times. you would always go for yeah. it on third down. They both got into third down 13 <laughs> times, okay? <laughs> Washington was 7 of 13. Dallas was 4 of 13. Fourth down efficiency. Yeah, here's the big one. Washington, Washington went for it once, got it once. The Cowboys went for it four times, got it once. Mm-hmm. And that you want to talk fake? You, punt, yeah, I was about man. to say you want to talk about that fake punt. That fake punt. And see, you were talking about last week. It's like maybe we'll just madden it. That's. I really do think that's what it was. I really do think that's what it was. It's very frustrating to see that on Thanksgiving. I would think if there was one game left on the schedule that you're like, no, we want to try to win this. It would be the Thanksgiving Day game. But, but oh my God! Like I mean, Mike McCarthy didn't grow up cheering for the Cowboys. I guess it doesn't mean that much to him, but. For, for Cowboys fans, that's like, come on. Well, and see, and it's one of those things that I can't believe that Mike McCarthy even came out on his press conference and said that the play call yes. was a good play call. Uh, How do you look at that? Here, Okay, here's the thing. I, w- I, you there, need to- I will say, I don't know if the, if the uh, runner had the option to pass, but there was a guy who broke out who was wide open downfield. And if, if the play call was that he should have passed and he just tucked it and ran, then yes. That was a good play call. And Mike McCarthy's not going to throw him under the bus. But no. No. In that situation, as the coach, you don't throw anybody under the bus. But you go up there and you say, hey, if if we had converted, I would say it was a good play call. But we didn't convert. And that means that the play didn't work, which means 
it wasn't a good play call. And see, the Cowboys at that point were still in the game. Yes, they were still in the game, and it yes, was they and were it was down the, by four. It was the very next play where they they rushed it in. Uh, the they being the, the fo- Washington, Washington football, football team. team. Yeah, the the very next play they scored a touchdown on a long long run, it was like twenty eight yards, something like that, yeah, man. That's, and see, that's even, another thing. Look how deep you were, you were in your own zone. Oh my god! Let's. It's we, not even that. It was it was fourth and. 10. 10. Yeah, it was fourth like fourth and, and fourth and, fourth and nine, fourth and eleven, something somewhere in there. On your twenty on your on your twenty-eight yard line. And here's the I'm sorry, I didn't mean to kick that. Um here's the other thing too. If you're first of all, they should have passed it. Yes. That's just the way it should have gone. Regardless and whether that guy was pass. wide open. <laughs> nice. Ow! Oh, and he can pass. I love it. Um but if you're going to run it. Because what what Washington did was is they were bringing a they were not they weren't bringing yes. the house but well, obviously you... what you're trying to do is you're trying to block the punt with multiple linemen why would you reverse back into the punt block <laughs> if I... you're gonna run it pick a side and run it don't reverse back into the punt block where these guys are sitting there trying to rush and then they go fake no wait he's coming back at you just stay where you are you know it's just what are you thinking yeah I, Th- that that was probably the worst play call that i have ever seen like, excluding the seattle play call in the super bowl against the yeah, patriots but, but the only like, reason why that's worse is because of because of what was at stake there right but like like i said if if it was supposed to be a pass and he tucked it and ran with it then okay i understand the play call but in that situation, I, I you still have don't, to I, you have to look at the guy and you have to say, "Pass it." I don't care what like I don't care what you think is in front of you. We're going for it on fourth and ten on our own twenty-eight yard line. Pass the ball. Well, and he's proven that he can. Th- that guy can throw the ball too because they've tried yeah. that before and it yes. almost worked in in at the at the beginning yes. of the season with that same guy. I would that would be a situation where if I'm like the head coach going into that, I would say, look, it's fourth and ten. If you tuck this ball and run it, I'm going to fine you a hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> I don't know if he you has only, the power to do that. You, only, but I'm going to find a way to do it because Jerry Jones is going to call me and say, "What the fuck?" <laughs> I'm going to force you to use an expletive on live television. <laughs> And you will be fined by the NFL. <laughs> oh, man. And it's just, oh, my gosh. And so this is just one of those, I mean, and see, here's the other thing, too, is if that play happens and you take that risk, you're mad, but sure, at least you're trying something, I guess. But after that play, the Cowboys now on the season are 11 for 25 on fourth down conversions. Yeah. So... Everything that they're trying, and they're not always going for it on fourth and ten. No, it, I mean whatever they're trying to do on fourth down is not working. Yeah, and I mean that's that's abysmal. Like you don't ever hear people going for it twenty five times on fourth down, like over the span of like two or three seasons. Right. Yeah, and here's the thing: when when we when they called it, you were like, "Why would you do that?" My first thought was. And I even said this. I was like, well, you know, like the defense has been starting, has been holding up pretty well. You know, if you're, uh, you're, they can't kick a field goal, they have to have a touchdown. You know, you're, you're, 
Yeah, at that point, you were sitting there looking at it. It's like, you need to get points on this you're drive. Down, you're down by four. Oh, were they down or were they up? No, they were down. Yeah, they yeah were the down, Cowboys they, were down. Yeah, they were down by four. So it's like, you know, a, a, yeah, that's right. The Cowboys needed a field, uh, needed a touchdown, They, you know. Uh, so, like, if the, the most that the, uh, not the most, but if, if you hold them to a field goal, you know, which you're giving them field goal range right here if you turn it over. If you hold them to a field goal, they're only up by seven, and you can still go and tie the game yeah, on but, one drive. Oh, but but that's a lot of ifs. And I know, and clearly see, it didn't pay off. I know, and you could you could feel the momentum slowly shifting right. at that point, and that's slowly. why you were saying it was like whoop, game oh, over. It, I wouldn't say it didn't. The the switch didn't flip until the fake punt. Yeah. Then the, then it then it shifted, and then Washington had the momentum. Yeah. Then whenever they scored the touchdown on the very next play, then it was over. Yeah. Was the game still within reach? Of course it was. Yeah, but you but knew, you they knew do it was done at that point. And yeah. you're just sitting there just going like, oh, man, if I had – like, seriously, if I had hair, I would have pulled it out. Like, because it's just one of those things where you're looking at it going, what the fuck, man? Like, like, how in the hell do you justify that play call? Like, there's just no way because even still, the right call there is to punt it. Yeah, and I would have sat there like there was no way I was sitting there watching that going. I bet he fakes it here, dude. That's that's the thing. I was like, oh, let's let's go Madden. You know, let's go with the unexpected, whatever. Even Madden, I punt that ball. Absolutely, man. Like that's Even, that. Like you don't if, you don't make that call. Like you don't I'm make playing, it ever. If I'm playing Madden on easy, and I've created every player on my team, and we're all ninety nine, and it's we're all six ten, you know. Run four one forties, <laughs> ninety nine maxed out. Everybody can catch like Odell Beckham. I still punt that ball because, well, first of all, I can probably punt it and pin them down at the one. But <laughs> yeah, because your punter, your punter's amazing. <laughs> yes, world best punter. Yeah, it'll it like he punts it so well that whenever it comes down. It, it actually just, gains velocity and it sticks in the ground. Yes, it just <laughs> it just right <laughs> right in the one yard line. Yes, and that's the sound it makes. Nice. Yeah. So, but still, man, like I I don't get it. And that's one of those things where I like it was so funny because after the Atlanta game, I was sitting there going, "This win justifies the Mike McCarthy hiring because Jason Garrett's not going to win that whatever." Yeah, that's one of those things <laughs> where you look at it and you go, "Jason Garrett would have punted that ball." And I mean, it's as as safe as that play was. And and that's what you crucify Jason Garrett for in the end. But my God, like that game kind of makes you look at it and go, did we really make the right hiring here? Because I know that I know that we were saying that Jimmy Johnson went one and fourteen his first season and all that stuff. And I get that there's injuries this year and with COVID and everything. Jimmy I understand. Johnson's an evil mastermind. I do not see that from. And see, that's that's one I of those. I mean, that. you look at that. Yeah. I mean, you didn't get play calls like that with Jimmy Johnson in that one and fourteen team. Like that's the. I thing. mean, he he would onside kick it on the opening kickoff sometimes. No, I understand. But, no, but but, but I kickoff. get that. But yeah, opening kickoff, and that's yeah. one of those things that. And, and I mean, and Sean Payton did that in the Super Bowl against the Colts, and I understand that. And you have to, but still, like there there are risks that are worth taking. Yeah. And that's not one of them because that's, the game is still within reach here. Yes, Punt yeah. it away if your defense yeah. is going to stop them. Make, give your defense a chance to like stop them. Yeah. But as soon as they made that play call and they didn't get it, like the defense comes out and goes, "Man, look at this tall task that we have in front of us." 
And of course they were gonna. Of course they were gonna score on that next play. Of course, you just knew it. Yeah. And it's yeah. dude, yeah. punt that ball. Give yeah. your team a chance. No. We've beaten this into the ground. I don't. What? What? What's going on? I was just making sure I'm recording. Oh, okay. No, yeah, <laughs> that dude. <would> sucked. <laughs> no, yeah, I can hear you. Um, okay. But it's. But yeah, dude. It, I, we've beaten that into the ground. But it's. I just. I never will I ever understand that. And that'll be one of the all-time cowboy blunders in the history of the Dallas Cowboys organization. I, like I'm, I'm gonna. Congratulations, go Mike McCarthy, on yes. holding that, on holding yeah. that title, or yeah, You're, holding that yes. title. You are now in the same category as Leon Lett yes. dropping the ball. L- let it go, Leon. Yeah, you Leon know that one. That go. one was worse. The the let it go, Leon was worse. But then you've got the Don Beebe play in the Super Bowl when they're kicking the shit out of the Bills and he's running and he's going like this, trying to, and Don Beebe comes up and knocks it out of his hand. Yeah. So that's that's more on Don Beebe than anything, but yeah, that let it go, Leon, with the with the field goal, like it, it, that's up there now. Yeah. You're sitting there looking. At least that that was a bonehead play from Leon Lett, though. Yeah, this is a team. Exactly this is a blockhead for, team thing. Yeah. Like that's one of those things where, like, if you're really on the punt team, do you go out there and go, the fuck is this old man talking about? Like, let's just, really, but like, yeah, let's not do. Let's really just punt it. it. Yeah, let's. Yeah, the, is it, like, is he? <laughs> like, do you yeah, think that really. the guy went out and he he calls the play and they all go? What? Really? Like everybody, like they're in the huddle and he calls the play and they, they stand go, up and they nice look at the one. sideline and they go, what? <laughs> and Mike McCarthy's just big smile, thumbs like, up, like, yeah, yeah way to go. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> He's clapping. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, oh, oh, yay. Jesus Christ. Oh, all right. They pop the Alka-Seltzer in their yeah. mouths. And they're like, intimidation. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, that would have been better. They, they should have done that before the play. Oh my god, there's a there's a meme that we should have made. Yeah, there's a meme right there. Yeah. Dallas oh, Cowboys man. preparing for the fake punt. <laughs> 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 oh man. Uh, yeah. Right. I, I. But honestly, honestly, I'm gonna go out on a limb, and this is a hot, spicy take. All right, take it. If the Cowboys don't come out and go at least, and I'm talking bare minimum, 11 and 5 and make it to the divisional round, Mike McCarthy's gone. Okay, well, that's like physically impossible this year. You're talking about no, next, next year? year. Okay, yeah, that's yeah, what okay, I mean. Thank you. Thank Sorry. You. Yeah, next year. The year of the next. Yeah, I know. And see, that's the thing is that you can't. I've, I'm always like a huge. Uh, because, because see, I, you start, you start firing coaches. I personally, yeah, I think, I think you have to give coaches at least four years, yes. man. Yeah. But th- what this year has shown us is that I don't know if it would have mattered if Dak Prescott got it. Well, I mean, yeah. that's one of the, it's well, hard to tell if he'd be making calls like this, if Dak Prescott was still under center and I don't know. They've had a lot of injuries too. It's not just been Dak Prescott. He's been I know. The, the most, yeah. Uh, yeah. The most prevalent, but you look at the, this in this situation, you look at a team with the with the players that it has. If uh, granted, healthy players, if they're all healthy, and uh, and you you, I don't know if you have to give a coach four years with this team. I really don't know if you have no, to. no because we talked about at the beginning of the season that this team is good enough. Yes, and now they've got the coach that can take them there. Supposedly, yes. At, at that time, whenever we allegedly. were first talking about it, yeah, allegedly, yeah. yeah. 
But at that time, whenever the season was getting going, like that, like that Mike McCarthy hiring, I like get like, and I mean, I'm telling you, I, I was, was critical I was about it like, too. Ooh. We were all, we were both critical about it, ooh. sitting there saying that he's just Jason Garrett with a ring. And here's one thing I'm going to throw this out here too, just because, but we talk about how, is it Tom Brady? Is it Bill Belichick? Who is it? And that, that debate is still up in the air because New England's starting to kind of come into their own now. And the Bucks are starting to falter. Yeah. Yeah. And Tom Brady, like his numbers are starting to, I know, but see, but that's, we're not, we're not here to debate that. But you gotta, you gotta give Aaron Rodgers all the credit now because yes. that you you gotta look at it and say like, how do you win one Super Bowl with a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers? Yeah. Well, now you see why you got a guy like Mike McCarthy that's sitting there yelling at Aaron Rodgers, saying, "Well, the 2011 offense was my was my baby. You were just a part of it." Nope. nope. Sorry, it is it is now proven that it was Aaron Rodgers, not Mike McCarthy, and yeah. I can't wait for that 30 for 30 about Aaron Rodgers. That's going to be called the greatest dynasty that never was. Because it's going to be great to see how that plays out, and all of these fucking articles that kept coming out, like, um, like Greg Jennings and uh, Jermichael Finley sitting there saying that Aaron Rodgers was this conceited prick, and that's why it never worked. Sorry, that's not the case anymore. It was Mike McCarthy. Wrong. I'm telling you, 100% wrong. So wrong. I I don't think your your hot take is such a hot take. No. I think That's that I was, I, yeah, I was, I think uh, next I was year, being yeah. sarcastic. Okay, okay. I didn't know if you were being sarcastic or not. I wasn't no. looking at you whenever you said it. No. But yeah, they've got yeah, they've got to make the playoffs next year. At, granted, like given that everyone stays healthy, by everyone I mean Dak Prescott. If Dak Prescott can yeah. stay healthy, then if, if you do anything less than eleven and five in this shit division, because like yeah. it's like I'm telling you, look at like <laughs> I'm telling you. In the past, the Cowboys the past, can still no, win seriously, it. Seriously, in the past five days. <laughs> there have been three of the four different teams have been in first place. I know, I know. what the fuck. <laughs> it was the Eagles. Yes, coming into three, Thanksgiving. Three, six, and one. Yep. Then the then it was Washington. Washington football team beat the Cowboys. That moved them up to four and seven. Then the Giants won. They're also four and seven, and they have the tiebreaker against Over, yep. the, the against Washington, Washington football team. Yeah. So now the Giants at four and seven but see, and then are the... Third team in five days to be sitting atop the NFC East. It's it's one of those things that you and and, and first <sighs> of all, and then now Caleb Jones goes down. Daniel Jones. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Caleb Jones plays for the uh, North Carolina Tar Heels. I'm so sorry. I was just reading about that. Daniel Jones goes down now and has. Yeah. I, I I did he tear it? I don't know. I don't know, but there's something wrong with this hamstring. Like you saw it with all. So now that goes down. So now the division is back within reach. The Cowboys can regroup, and they're they're they're. We can get into predictions now going you know, ahead for the Cowboys. Here's the thing: the Cowboys are like looking at it, going, "We need to go eight and eight. And Jason Garrett's over there in New York, going, "I could have done that." Yeah, right. And I y'all thought, I, and y'all thought I was the problem. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, but now we've got a we've got the, a depleted. COVID infested Ravens team who has had this game with Pittsburgh on their mind because Pittsburgh's coming in undefeated. And now they're they're as they're as healthy as they can get. And then the Ravens are coming in and they keep having to push back because they were supposed to play Thursday night too. Now they're playing Tuesday against this Steelers team that probably is going to go undefeated the rest of the way through the season. And so then after that, they've got the Cowboys next Tuesday. Oh, it was the next Tuesday? Yeah, they moved it back next okay. Tuesday. And as far as I can tell, that game against the Ravens is still scheduled to go on as planned against Pittsburgh. 
No, it's so, next Monday. They, I, I saw it's December seventh. According to this thing, it says it's Tuesday the eighth. According, according according to Google on the score app, it says it's the seventh. Well, either anyway, way, anyway, well, anyway, either way, matter. either way, whatever day it is, the Cowboys have had, will have at that point. Let's say it's Monday, we'll have almost ten days to prep for this team. Whenever the Ravens had to go in and prep for the Steelers, and then they, they'll have less than a week to turn around and play for the Cowboys. I'm not saying that the Ravens are going to lose to the Cowboys. No, I don't think they do. No, not at all. And they, the Ravens just signed Des Bryant to their 53 Yes, they roster, did. Yes, the they did. So, so you know they're officially going yeah. to be on the field against the Cowboys. Yeah. And so it's going to be one of those things that... I'm sorry, you had like you lisped real lisped. You had a lisp real bad there against the Cowboys. I know. I know. I'm so sorry. I was trying to. I was trying to move past it. The death certificate. <laughs> I was trying to move past it as quickly as I could, but it just distracted me. I, that's why I couldn't look at you. I was looking away, just being like, maybe I can get through it. I couldn't. I'm sorry. You, I was like the cable guy. Cable <laughs> gubla. You stupid son of a bitch. <laughs> so they've got the Ravens. Then they got the Bengals. And the 49ers, but the 49ers, they beat a really good Rams team the other day uh-huh. on a field goal. Uh-huh. So I don't think winning this division is as optimistic as I thought it was going to be. But if if anyone's going to be able doable. to do it, if anyone's going to be able to do it, it's this Cowboys team. Because the, as soon as people start to climb the ranks in the NFC East, their quarterback gets hurt. And so it's... Uh, Mm-hmm. Who the fuck knows? So I mean, I I think they lose to the Ravens. I think honestly, I think Washington is going to win the division without a name. Without a name, they're going to win the division. Name, and it's it's so funny. Who won it last year? Philadelphia, right? Yeah. So this will be another year in a row. It's it's since uh, two thousand and five. Uh, yeah, they haven't that, had a yeah, repeat. They, yeah, there, someone has not won the division back to back, and this is like what a shit show this is. Oh, yeah. And so it's still within reach. I don't think so. So the Cowboys have one, two, three, four, five games left. Ravens, Bengals, 49ers, Eagles, Giants. Mm. How many of those games do they win? At most two. Oh, man. I'm thinking at most one. Yeah. Oh. And that might be the game against the Giants. It yeah. depends on how healthy Daniel Jones is. Yeah. Yeah. Daniel Jones. Uh, but yeah, if he, if, uh, but if he's healthy by that game, because if it's not a tear, he should be ready to go. Yeah, I, I just can't Hopefully. remember how bad it was. I just I know that they said that they did an MRI on him, but I didn't see like how badly he's injured. Yeah, but yeah, I think that man, Real, <laughs> oh man, just that, I almost just I almost insane. said I almost went full Snoop Dogg watching Nate Robinson get knocked out. I almost went, oh, Lord. But did you watch that? No, I didn't. Oh, what is it? Man. The, so the, the exhibition boxing match. Oh, past oh between Mike Tyson and... Well, there was, there was Mike Tyson and uh, Roy Jones. He said that he smoked a joint before the fight. But before... <laughs> I believe it. Dude. Before that... What a that, fucking joke that was. Before that, though, there was uh, Nate Robinson, the former NBA player, versus... Jake Paul, a YouTuber who wants to be a professional boxer. Okay. And Jake Paul knocked him clean out. Really? Wow. And they had Snoop Dogg commentating at the time. And as soon as he gets hit, you hear Snoop Dogg go, Oh, Lord! Oh, I'm going to have to check that out. That's so funny. <laughs> it's so Because Snoop Dogg is like tearing into him. He, the whole, like before that happens, he's like, 
he's, he's and that's going the, the YouTuber one. Yeah. Yeah, the YouTuber one. Yes. Okay, making sure. Yeah. And uh and so he knocked out the former NBA player. Yeah. yeah. And and he you know, he's going he's going full Snoop Dogg and just making making comments. Uh you can't even mimic it, you know what I mean? It's just Yeah, please just don't do please he, don't try. He just please do what he try. do, baby. Yeah. You know? Oh my god. And and uh and Snoop Dogg Snoop Dogg's awesome, but then <laughs> that even caught him off guard. He just oh lord. Oh, I'm going to have to check out that. <laughs> so, okay, Daniel Jones, it's just a strained hamstring. Okay. So it's it, it's yeah. So it, he should be ready to go. Uh, it, not for this week. It says he has an outside chance of playing this week, but he'll be ready to go. So I'm telling you, I think the Cowboys go over five the rest of these games. Maybe Cincinnati, which would make them three and thirteen. Three and thirteen, which was even worse than I thought. Yeah, even worse than I thought. So it's going to be a long, tough road. Cowboys fans the rest of this year, but really, in all honesty, in wow. all honesty, that's that's what we want. Wow, that's what we want is is yeah. a bunch of losses, and I think they're gonna come now in droves. Cincinnati maybe might be that other one that they could possibly win because Joe Burrow's down. Yeah, Joe Burrow's down. Yeah, and Andy Dalton returning to Cincinnati, he might find a little bit of a spark, but really, it's just. I don't see it happening. Yeah, I don't either. I don't either because, I mean, it's every time that I sit there and I look at a game being like, oh, the Cowboys should win this one. Yeah. Because even that Minnesota game, I was saying that they, that they should win, but how the fuck did they pull that one off? Like, I have no earthly idea. So, I think that's it for the Cowboys for me. You want to move on to football? College football? <laughs> yeah. It's like College basketball from the Cowboys to football. Hold on. Yeah, really. College basketball is awesome right now. I know that the Big 12 took a took a huge hit whenever Kansas lost to Gonzaga the other day and it was the first time that Kansas it's the first time that Kansas has given up triple digits in a college basketball game since like 2003 or something like that. This Gonzaga team is that good. This might be the greatest basketball team ever assembled. And I know that that's 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 a bold statement because you've got the Bobby Knight Hoosiers, you've got the John Wooden uh, UCLA Bruins of the '70s, you've got uh, all of those amazing Duke North Carolina rivalries in the '80s with Jerry Stackhouse and Christian Leitner, and uh, but it's 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 just so hard to sit there and say that. But this Gonzaga team, I know that that's not Big Twelve, but if you get a chance to watch this Gonzaga team, they are this good. And then also at Iowa, another Luca. But it's Luca uh, uh, Luca Gonzalez that uh, that plays for Iowa. He is the best player, arguably, in the country right now, and he outscored. Um, who did they play the other? Who did they play? I think it was Dayton, but he outscored that team by himself in the first half. Uh, but there's all these upsets. Kentucky lost at home to the Richmond Spiders, uh, and so it's it's just. Texas uh, Texas played Dayton the uh, today and they just barely eked out a win. But uh, like the Big Twelve has five teams right now that are in the top twenty-five, where where you've got Baylor, uh, Kansas, and Texas Tech are the are the three teams that we really think are going to be that good. But Texas might be that sneaky team. But I think that Shaka Smart is playing for his job this year. Coaching for his job. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm sorry. He's coaching for his job this year. You could have argued that last year he could have done it, but he got he lucked out, and the season was canceled before even the the conference championships were even played. So I think that they're going to be looking to see what kind of noise he can make in March Madness, which this year it's going to be May Madness. 
but uh, supposedly it's it's going to be played in May. Ugh. But we'll see what happens. But I'm telling you, college basketball right now is in full swing, and that's the beautiful thing about college basketball. You get the number one ranked, maybe not this year, but you get the number one ranked team playing some no-name school, and they're in it all the way down to the wire. And you, in college football, it's not the same way. You get Alabama playing some nobody team, they're going to blow them out of the water. And that happens in college basketball too, but I'm telling you, you see it all the time where college basketball games go down to the wire. And uh, we've already got buzzer beaters this year, so it's just it's it's really exciting. So and, and especially for the Big 12, Baylor right now is the number two team in the nation, and they're playing like it. And they're doing it without their head coach too. Their head coach has uh, has COVID right now. But, uh, but Baylor is looking solid. So um, really tune in to college basketball this year because it's uh, it, it, like everything about it is just really exciting. There's a lot of questions. I know that Oklahoma State is they, they're, they're, they're possibly facing a ban on the NCAA tournament at least for this year. Uh, for what happened in 2017, they had a scandal, but it might be more years, but still, like that team is, that team is solid. So the big 12 right now, with the exception of Kansas State, um, is like I know that everyone talks about Big 12 football, Big 12 football, Big 12 basketball is really starting to like try, like challenge the ACC for that top uh that top conference in college basketball, basketball right now. Conference. Yeah, yeah, so get on it. Watch it. It's a lot of fun right now. So Okay. Let's 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 talk NCAA football. Do we have to start with the Longhorns? Yes, we do. Hang on, let me I told you. I t- I'm glad I. This was the one time that I'm glad I changed my pick from Iowa State or from Texas to Iowa State. Yep. Yep. So. Yep. Well, uh, uh, I'll I'll just we'll just go ahead. Go right into it. Just throw it out there. I don't think it should, but I think that that loss just cost Tom Herman his job. Well, you even said whenever you text me about it, you said that Tom Herman just got out coached. He did. He did, and there's another. There was another uh, uh, going for it on fourth down call. They were uh, they were up by four. Excuse me, and uh, they went for it on fourth down instead, and they were in field goal range. They, if they kick that field goal, they they go up by seven. Obviously, that's math. And it was fourth and one. They decided to go for it, and think you know, hey, we'll get this one yard. We'll go, maybe score a touchdown, but take more time off the clock. Maybe put the game out of reach. Right? Wrong. They lost. Uh, they didn't lose. They they well they did lose, but they they didn't get the fourth down. Then Iowa State goes and scores a touchdown with a minute and twenty five seconds left, and uh, the Longhorns drive and uh, go for a 57-yard field goal that just gets pushed just a little to the left. It had the distance, just just missed. And uh, that was the game. And so the Texas Longhorns dropped to 5-3. and three. Uh, Iowa State now is in the driver's seat when, it, when you want to talk about oh, but they're a, in big it, 12, a Big 12... Uh, uh, Championship. championship they're right? in it not necessarily they still have to win their games uh, the, their last two games which they most likely will they ha- still have to beat west virginia and that's it sorry so yeah they still have to beat west virginia uh which 
they most likely will, but it's not necessarily a guarantee. But they're seven and two right now. Why would they? No, oh, that. Yeah, seven and two. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That would make them eight and two. <clears throat> so they're seven. Iowa State. They played really well. They they did what they had to. They went down ten to nothing with a quickness, and then you know, then from. Uh, and it was the first two drives after the first two drives of the game, they outscored Texas 23 to 10 and they took the lead. Their only lead of the game came with a minute and a half left. That's the, they took the lead at the very end. So there are multiple things that you could look at and say, Texas did this wrong. They did that wrong. Iowa state, you know, maybe they didn't beat Texas. Maybe Texas beat themselves. Maybe that's true. Who knows? At the end of the day, Texas got outcoached. And that's, I'm not like, that's Matt Campbell. You know, he's a, he's a good coach. He just outcoached Tom Herman. And, and that is what, it, you know, it is what it is. And Iowa State is most likely going to go to play for their first Big 12 championship. Which would ever uh, if, uh, yeah, since since they became part of the Big Twelve, yeah. but uh, it would also be their if they win, it'll be their first conference championship in 108 years since 1912. God, I'm I, I'm sorry, I'm pulling I'm, for dude. Him. Yeah, I'm, I'm pulling officially for pulling for yeah. Iowa State now. Let's go Cyclones, baby. Yes. So, but see, here's the thing: you say that it shouldn't happen that Tom Herman gets fired. I don't, I don't. The players, the players are saying otherwise. Yeah, well, why would all well, these players be opting out right now? If if it was a good right, locker well, room I wanted to get to the other scores and then go back to that. But. Okay, okay, we'll get, okay. I'm sorry then. Yeah, no, we'll, we'll get to that. And I I did mispronounce. It's not Luca Gonzalez, Luca Garza for Iowa. That's that's my mistake. Luca Garza. Just needed to correct myself. But anyway. Yeah, sorry. So we can go. We you want to move on to the Texas Tech Oklahoma State game? Yes, because we're gonna talk about dude, onside kicks. What I know, I know, <laughs> I know, I know. But still, like, what a game that turned out to be. And the, the this is the first time that Oklahoma State has scored fifty points. Uh, I saw the stats somewhere, but it, it, like, like, oh, like they haven't scored fifty points in a single game in like ten years. And this is the first time that they've done it, and and, and and of course it would be on this Texas Tech team right now. But it's just, <laughs> who boy, Texas Tech. the The score does not indicate how big of a blowout this game really was. Texas right. Tech got a lot of garbage points, touchdowns, and stuff like that. Well, that's the thing they were they were winning in the yeah, third quarter when well, they and went see, for that's, that. Yeah, I know uh, they'd taken the lead, and then they decided to go for the onside kick. I know, I know. This is like a week. This was a week where it was. Everyone made risky decisions, and they're always the wrong decisions to make. None of them. And I text. Off. It's so funny because I, I I text my brother-in-law saying it always seems like that Mike McCarthy, I, like he's a risk taker, and I and and I and I I get that, but it all it seems like this year Mike McCarthy took he takes all the risks that he should not take, and then he he passes on the risks that he should have take, it should have taken. Yeah. And. Uh, 
I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I did like, and it was the same thing this week in college football for our teams. You know, like don't go for it on fourth and one. There, it's obvious. Like even in that moment, kick the goddamn field goal. Yeah, take the points. You get you get a lead on Oklahoma State. Don't give them a short field to work with because their offense has just been fucking it drilling was, you all day long. Well, that's the thing. That's the thing. It didn't. I don't know if you saw it. Did you see? Did you actually see it? No, no, I didn't see it. I, I was at work. The onside kick got returned for a touchdown. It wasn't like it was onside kick and they had a short field. No. The guy popped out of the onside kick scrum and took the fuck off. Oh, no, okay. I'm, okay, I'm sorry. I knew that that's what happened. I'm sorry. I thought you were going to tell me something that I... I'm sorry. I thought you were going to tell me something that I didn't oh, know because yeah. I remember seeing them score, them being Texas yes, Tech. okay. I remember seeing Texas Tech score that touchdown, and I went, oh, my God, like, who saw this coming? Right. And then I look away... And I go, like, I was at work, and I had to go get something out of the kitchen. And I come out of the kitchen, and I look up and go, what the fuck? Like, what happened? <laughs> and so, like, I, I came out just in time to, uh, not not just in time to see the replay. Like, I missed all the replays and stuff, but I remember looking at it and seeing that. And they had uh, they had subtitles going, and they said something about, like, the onside okay. kick being returned for a touchdown. I didn't okay. actually see it, but I knew what happened. Okay, so. okay, okay. But, yeah, it, like, seriously, man, like, it's just, I, mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but still, they they Oklahoma State did not cover. I knew that they wouldn't either. Like that, that was one of those things that I just like. You just had a feeling. Yeah, you just knew that this game was going to be a shootout like this. You just you just saw it coming, and uh, it just man, poor Alan Bowman, man. That dude just he's he's one of those guys. He keeps getting chance after chance after chance to deliver, and that dude just can't. Yeah, and it was so funny. He came in with all this hype. Yeah, oh. he really did. Dude, I remember. I texted. He was. You. I know he I was going to make. You yeah, I, said, I, I remember when people thought Alan Bowman was better than Sam Ellinger. Dude, and we. I mean, it. It, it was legit. Like people, like people, like, people were saying that. that. Yeah, I know. Going into it, so people were saying that at the beginning of this season. Yeah, I know. Like, and then he 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 didn't even start the season, or he started it, but he didn't. He got benched, and then yeah. it got so bad that. Oh, man, you want to talk about head coaches that are probably going to be losing their jobs? Matt Wells. In the, uh, yeah. Is this his second year? This is his second year. But, I mean, it's just... It, yeah. It's I just mean, so funny. Ever since they fired Mike Leach, I understand that Mike Leach, whatever whatever he did... But the, they, let, they, they brought in Kingsbury for a while. Yeah, but, I mean, what did he do? Like, he had... Oh, yeah, like, look true. at... He had fucking Patrick I mean, Mahomes, and he couldn't do anything but, with him. Mike Leach had what one 10 win season no i understand don't, don't sit there and act like he's football jesus but I, he's the best that texas tech has ever had that's he true. had he that's texas true. tech has never but, been ranked higher point, than number two in the country that's true but at that point the pr nightmare you had to let him go see the only reason why it was a pr nightmare was because one of the the, the student i know wouldn't wouldn't had, he like he, a, he, a, his, son his of a dad or yeah, no his dad worked for espn and all he was doing on espn was calling for mike leach's head and if if that wasn't the case, nothing would have come from it. Yeah. Nothing would have come from it. It right. just it just so happened to be the guy worked for Sports Center and he gets on there and he uses his platform like a father should. I'm yeah. not trying to say that the guy was wrong, yeah. but it just so happens that that kid's dad worked for ESPN and and he was like he was like a college football analyst for ESPN. And so that's all he would sit there and talk about. So I got gotcha. you. PR nightmare is that's a loose that's a loose term, man. There have been it was coaches a lot that, of bad publicity. There was there were coaches that have done far worse oh, than yeah. what Mike Leach did. Oh yeah, 
and it's they uh, so should be I, fired too. Yeah, of course, but they but, but they're not going to because right. th- like that kid was and that kid didn't even fucking I can't even tell you his name. He never even played. Like he he was like a bench. He was he like he rode the bench. Yeah, and so it's just one of those things that I just anyway, I think we that we it, didn't come here to discuss that. Well, I, uh, well, but still, it's relevant. So, but I'm just that's what I'm just sitting there saying. It's just like Texas Tech has been going through head coaches and uh, ever since Mike Leach left. So I'm just telling you, Mike Leach had this team going in the right direction. He just never really got his chance to really get going. Like, could you, I couldn't even imagine what Mike Leach would have done with Pat Mahomes. It's true. And so it's just, it's just kind of like Mike McCarthy and Aaron Rodgers kind of thing. You know, it's just like with with a player like Patrick Mahomes, you've got to get him a defense around him. You can't really because it was not his receiving core. That was really making him great. It was Patrick Mahomes. that, And I remember whenever he went to Kansas City, I have a lot of friends that live in that area and root for the Kansas City Chiefs. And they were all texting me being like, who the fuck is this guy? Like, why would you draft a guy from Texas? I'm sitting there going, you need to calm the fuck down. Yeah. This guy's going to make an impact and he's going to make an immediate impact. Yeah. And people are saying he's now the greatest quarterback in the league right now. Yeah. And I don't think they're wrong. No, he's there. Yeah. yeah, he absolutely yeah. is. So it's just anyway. Anyway. So anyway, I just I they just lost. Uh, they yeah. 50 to 44. 50 to 44. They they got a an onside kick. Yeah. Yeah, it's like scored a touchdown and I was like, "Uh-oh." Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh-oh. <laughs> I know. And I then know. they went for another onside kick and it was you got greedy. So I know bad. you got greedy, man. So bad. And you I'm got... not even greedy. They had to. Yeah. Oh, but I know. It was so yeah, bad. I know. I know. I it know. Was so not even a little bit close. But yeah, a surprise. A surprise. Surprise. Kansas State losing to Baylor. Do I need to say anything else? Kansas State lost to Baylor. I know. What? I know. And I was sitting there. I every time I try, every time I try and give Kansas State the benefit of the doubt, they just let me down. John John Mayers kicked a 30-yard field goal just to to end the game with four seconds left. I'm trying to think of a uh, pun. Oh, I know what it is. Kansas State's season is slow dancing in a burning room. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You've already made that joke once, though. Have I? Yeah. What What do you mean? You've made that joke already once. About his name no. being John Mayers? Yes. But I haven't made that specific No, no, joke. no. Yes, you did. The did exact I? same joke. Yeah. It was, a, it was a few weeks ago. I don't I promise. I promise. I promise you did. Anyway. All right. You, I think you were talking about Baylor's. His field goals are a wonderland. There. Okay. All right. All right. You should have just, just like Texas Tech, you got greedy. You got greedy, man. <laughs> but see, but Kansas State was up. Uh, Kansas State was up seventeen to uh, seventeen to seven. Like mm-hmm. they started off the game, and then it just, then it, it went 17 back seventeen to six. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Seventeen to six because they had a failed conversion. Yeah. So it's I, they. Uh, I don't know. I've I've run out of making excuses for this Kansas State team. I've run out of making excuses, and I don't think that this is one of those things. Well, maybe Baylor. We didn't give them the benefit of the doubt. No, I think that we just over. I think that we thought that Kansas State was. We we were sitting here looking at the loss to Arkansas State, thinking maybe that's a fluke because they beat Oklahoma. Yep. No, that was the fluke. Yeah, I know. I know it was. Yeah, that yeah, was the fluke. yeah. That was the fluke right there. So, what a shame. What a shame. Kansas State, you really you really let us down. And now, hey, 
you've got your shitty basketball team to look forward to as well. So, sorry, guys. It's only going to get worse. Have fun with that. Yep. So, the rest of us in the Big 12 will enjoy winning. You just sit there and we'll let the real men. You you go hang out with Kansas. And the rest of us will just enjoy ourselves. Okay. So, I was waiting for you to be like, not here. Oh. Kansas. Oh. So, anyway. You going to give me a heads up? But, dude. Look at can uh, look at TCU. I told you. I told you. I thought like I like I did you, not think they would cover. Yeah, yeah. I know. I, I know. So look at look at TCU go. So you won this week. I did. I won the I won the predictions this week and now TCU is looking solid at 4 and 4. <laughs> I know. Do you think Gary Patterson is safe? I think Gary Patterson's always safe. Yeah. I think. I mean, I yeah, think, with everything this, with everything that he did. Yeah, I mean, because I mean, he's he's earned a, a couple stinkers. Yeah, I mean, in four and four is not a stinker, not not in this conference, not in the Big Twelve right now. No, with how good these teams are, like four and four with a team like like what it's, you have with a quarterback that's not really a good passing quarterback. Yeah, well, and 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 uh, to we're not skipping over Oklahoma and West Virginia. It got postponed. So our predictions, and they our didn't play, predictions. And you're right. They didn't play SMU either. And SMU started the way that SMU started their season. That would have been, yeah, that would have probably been a loss too. Yeah. But, but anyway, I was talking to my dad earlier and I was, he's, he's really big on the big 12. He, 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 he thinks that if you took like Alabama and put them in the big 12, they'd lose a game. And I don't, I don't think that's necessarily true, but. I do think to come out of the Big 12 undefeated, you have to be one of, if not the most well-rounded team in the country because you have to be able to beat teams like Oklahoma who aren't necessarily going to step up and play off uh, defense, but they're, they're going to try to put up 70 points a game and then turn around and be able to beat teams like Iowa State, which are like, hey, we can score too, but we're going to try to stop you on defense. And Oklahoma State that's going to try to stop you on defense and run 70 times a game. Or TCU, where literally everybody's okay with Gary Patterson saying, I care about two games a year, and we're going to prepare for those two games for six months. Good luck. <laughs> yeah. And and so you have to prepare for that. You have to be able to beat that. You have to be able to beat Kansas State, who is going to inexplicably one year just throw the triple option out there, and you got to go, wait, what year is it? <laughs> and then yeah. Texas Tech, who is another team who cares about one game a year, and they don't care about defense. They're like, we, we can score 80. We're going to mm-hmm. try to score 80. Yeah, you don't, you don't know what you're getting from... It's, Any team, yeah, you have, you to have be able to, to win. You have to be able to win a lot of different yeah, ways. Right. A lot of different ways if you want to come out of the Big 12 undefeated, which is why Oklahoma never does. Yeah. They never do. Yeah. They might win it all the time. They never come out unscathed. I wonder I wonder what who was the last team to come out of the Big 12 undefeated. It would have had to have been Oklahoma, and it, I, I would guess it would have had to have been re- relatively recently, like with Baker Mayfield. Uh, I don't think, I uh, know, I don't think they went undefeated with Baker Mayfield. Hang on. I mean, it's just one of those things that it's, it, it's just so hard. And you see Alabama coming out of the SEC undefeated all the time. I wouldn't say all the time, but a lot. Lately. Yeah. So the last time Oklahoma went undefeated. Oh, wow. 
You are never going to guess this one. No, I'm not. I'm not even going to try. The last time Oklahoma had less than two losses. That, that's not what I... That's not what I... I know, but okay. the last time okay. Oklahoma had less than two losses was 2004. Oh, the my God. The last time they went undefeated me? was 2000. Oh, my God. So that would have... Probably Texas then, with Vince Young, was probably the last that team. That, that might have been the last team that went undefeated in the Big 12. Yeah. And, I mean, you've got to win a national championship yeah. in order well, to no, make that happen. No, uh... uh Colt McCoy, 2010. They they made oh, okay. it out of the Big 12 undefeated. They didn't win the national championship, but they made it out of the Big 12. Did they? Undefeated. Did they? Were they undefeated? Yes. Like as a, like even their non conference play and everything. Yes. Okay. Yes. They, okay. They went into the game against Alabama at 12 and 0. Okay. So yeah. So that would have had to have been. That is so fucking surprising. The last time that they had less than two wins. Hang on. Oh my gosh. That's crazy, man. Let me make sure because. We may be overlooking uh, those years that Baylor was pretty good. Oh, you talking about whenever Baylor and TCU were? Oh, with Robert Griffin the third. Yeah. So in two thousand, Oklahoma won uh, undefeated. In two thousand five, Texas won undefeated. In two thousand nine, Texas won undefeated. Excuse me. And no. Oh, 2016, Oklahoma got out of the Big 12 without any losses to the Big 12, but they finished the season 11 and 2. Okay, I'm I'm talking about like undefeated yeah. as a whole though. But yeah, they got yeah. out of the Big 12 without a loss. So that's yeah, still that's still, still impressive. They, but they were still 11 and 2. So if you want to go who were who can you can you see who they uh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. So No, it doesn't matter. But uh but still so not even the Robert Griffin the third Baylor teams or no. those TCU teams with uh with uh Trevor Boykin and No, it's uh Oklahoma twelve and two, Oklahoma twelve and two, Oklahoma twelve and two, Oklahoma eleven and two, Oklahoma eleven two, TCU and Baylor tied uh at twelve and one and eleven and two. Baylor eleven and two, Oklahoma eleven and two, Kansas State eleven and two, Oklahoma State twelve and one, Oklahoma twelve and two, Texas thirteen and one. And that's the 2009. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God, that's crazy. Yeah. So the last time, for real, the last time a, a Big 12 championship or a Big 12 uh, team made it through their entire regular season, 12 games undefeated, was uh, Texas in 2009. Man. That's so, yeah, that's nuts. So. And that's so weird. I mean, I and I think that you might be right, though. I think that, I, or I think your dad might be right. I think that if he, I think if Alabama was in the Big Twelve, I don't. I not maybe 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 in years prior, but I don't think since Alabama has decided they're going to start taking offense seriously. Yeah, I don't think that's true because Alabama can keep up with. Yeah, yeah, Oklahoma Al- yeah. Alabama. Side well, of the in, ball. well, in Alabama, they were talking about that game, and I th- I hate that Auburn was ranked. Yeah. In the top twenty, because they didn't deserve it. No, they've done nothing to deserve it. They o- the only reason why they did it was so that way the ratings could be up for that game because it's like, oh well, Auburn's ranked number twenty two. Anything can happen. No, yeah. that Auburn team should not have been ranked in the top twenty five at all. And it's and I hate to see that. And I hate to say that because my mother went to Auburn, and I I of course I'm gonna be I'm gonna be rooting for Auburn, but there no way, yeah. no way they they were they were ranked in the top. They were ranked in the top 25 on their name alone. Yeah. 
That's all it was, and just for ratings purposes. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, Alabama. But watching that game, Alabama, they they they're yeah, they can, can they can put up some points now on on the SEC, which they're supposed to be defense first. I don't know if it's necessarily the case anymore because yeah, but but anyway, yeah. Uh, I still think if you take Alabama and you drop them in the Big Twelve, I think I think they go undefeated, but. That's the outlier. I don't think you can take any other SEC team. Yeah, any team. other SEC team. Yeah. Especially not this year. No. The SEC's whipping up on each other just as just as much as uh just as much as the Big Twelve is, with the exception of Alabama. Yeah. So Alabama and, and Texas Tech, they they have had they are not Texas Tech. Texas A and M has played one difficult game and they lost it. Yeah. But I mean they're and that's why they're not in the top four right now. Right. But they're still top five. They're number Some, five. Somehow. So anyway. Anyway. Yeah, you put A and M. I'm you put A and M in the in the Big Twelve right I think now. They have three losses. Yeah, they're yeah they're down there with the TCU's of the world. I don't know about the I don't know about being down there with the TCU. TCU's four and four. Well, that's true. That's not, that's that, that's all I'm saying. Like they're like yeah. they they might not be on the same level right. like in competent, but they'd yeah. be down there with record wise. TCU yeah. would be within a game of of Texas A and M right now. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So okay, so to to move on real quick before we go to next week's prediction. Well, no, let's let's get next week's predictions out of the way. Yeah, and then we'll talk about Tom and Herman, then, and then we'll talk about the elephant in the room, which is a good segue from the Alabama talk. All the right. Way. So the first game is Texas Tech at Kansas. Texas Tech is favored by twenty eight. I think Texas Tech wins, and I think they cover huge. Where are you talking? Saturday, December fifth. Texas Tech at Kansas. It's the first game at the very top. Oh, no, no, there's, there's, sorry. Uh, the, oh, yeah, there's the three score app. Noon the games. score app has them in, di- in a different order because. Oh, it's because mine, yeah, because yours would be Texas on top. Gotcha. And mine would be, yeah, that's why. I'm gotcha. sorry. Okay, I'm, I'm so like, what are you got, talking about? Did I click the wrong week? Because, okay, so yeah, that's what threw me off. So we've got three games at noon. You want to start with Texas Tech? Yes, yeah, since I've already, yes, since I've already Texas said every it. week, I'm sick of it. <laughs> now that it's I'm sick of it. I'm sick of this and I'm sick of you. No, I've wanted I've wanted to put Texas and talk about them last so I could try to predict a score because I thought that would be fun, but not, not anymore. Yeah. So anyway. I, I but yeah, we can we can just quickly gloss over this one. I think that if TCU's going to put up 50 on you, I think Texas Tech can put up 60 on you. And I think that their defense I, I, I think that their defense is going to give up like a good chunk of points as well. Cause I mean, cause one thing we didn't talk about was, is that last week that they, the Kansas put up 23 on TCU and the T, TCU's defense is better than your average big 12 team. Why are you looking at me like that? I just, I, I we'll, we'll get there. Hang on. Okay. Uh, yeah. I, I don't, I, I, I think Texas tech can definitely cover, uh, but it's going to depend on who they have playing quarterback. Have, okay. they, have they put up uh, 40, 50 points with Columbia? I don't know. No, no, they haven't. I think if Columbia's playing quarterback, they it, it might be closer. than. than uh, yeah, but I mean, yeah, with it, with Alan Bowman, and I think that I, I still think that Alan they're just, Bowman's going to get that They're more explosive with Alan Bowman, but, yeah, but, but I mean, Columbia it, seems to be more consistent. Yeah, but I mean, it, you don't need to be consistent with Kansas. That's true. You don't need to be consistent with Kansas. I think that so, after, I think that after no, that game. Not here. Kansas. Always, always. So, and I mean, and Alan Bowman did not have a bad game he didn't i mean he still threw for like he's 300 still, yards he threw for almost 400 yards three touchdowns and one pick 
yeah. against Oklahoma State. So I think that he's earned his starting job yeah. against Kansas. And so yeah, 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 we'll, yeah, we'll, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll I think we'll see Alan Bowman at that at that starting position. It's just and he's not going to be put in like high pressure high pressure situations. I made fun of your lisp. Now I keep having a lisp coming out every now and then. High pressers. High pressure situations. They press high. Yeah. Um, and so. <laughs> The button's way up there. And so <laughs> so I think just moving on, I mean, I think that Texas Tech covers, and I think they cover against Kansas huge. Okay. I mean, but we're both we're not picking the score here, so we both think. Oh, no, no, no. I don't. No, I don't. Yeah, I don't. I'm just Texas saying. Texas Tech wins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so then Oklahoma State and TCU. Oklahoma State is only favored by two points. That's what I was making that face about. I was like, wait, What? Isn't that crazy? Oklahoma State over TCU is only favored by two points. Only favored by two points. What the hell is going on here? What the hell is going on out here? Yeah, I know. That's so crazy. I don't know. I don't know what Vegas is seeing, but I uh, it's in Fort Worth. Yeah, but still, I oh, I mean Oklahoma State. They they need Oklahoma to lose. Uh huh. Oklahoma or Iowa? No, well. Yeah, Oklahoma or Iowa State to lose to be you know to be able to go into the the college football uh, into the Big Twelve championship game. Yeah, maybe they maybe Vegas is thinking that Oklahoma leaves a stinker. I don't think so. I think Oklahoma State wins, and I think they win by more than two points. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So. Yeah. <clears throat> so Texas versus Kansas State. With, with 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 before we address the elephant in the room, they do have a lot of all Americans opting out here right yeah, now so far. So, so do you? Th- but Kansas State has constantly let us down every week. And but if Kansas State were to let you down this week, you would probably say that they would win this game. Yeah. And it would not surprise me if Kansas State did win because it seems like his team is quitting it seems like that tom herman's team is quitting on him well we'll, we'll get there but no 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 i know i'm just telling but, but it's got State a factor is also on a four game losing streak i understand i mean and losing streaks are made to be broken yeah yeah so texas is only favored by nine and a half points too so uh, vegas is thinking I, that it might be that close i st- i still think texas wins this game i don't know about the i don't know about covering i don't know about like Tom Herman's team, they're always close games, but I think Texas finds a way to win this one. I think Texas finds a way to lose this game. You think so? I really do. I like, and this has nothing to do with. I think that Kansas State has been embarrassed, and they're coming off of a four-game losing streak. I just think that Texas has quit on Tom Herman, and I think they're going to come out. So, and I think this is going to be the stinker so, okay, that they let's like. Let's just let's just preview for what we're going to talk about. A lot of people are predicting that. Tom Herman gets let go December 1st, which would be tomorrow because his buyout drops $6 million tomorrow. I'm betting that Texas wins this game because they let go of Tom Herman. And I still think they shouldn't, but I think they let go of Tom Herman and uh, Chris Ash is named the interim head coach. Uh, He's the defensive coordinator. I think if that happens, I think Texas wins. I think if yeah, they don't fire Tom why, Herman, that's so, why I'm, that's so what I'm saying. Right I now, think, I think I think that will happen, and I think Texas wins. Uh, but 
I don't know if actually I don't know if it'll be Chris Ash or uh, Mike Yersich, but I think they'll have a an interim head coach for the game. Just to be perfectly honest, but let's let's let's. I mean, we'll get to your prediction for it, and then we'll move on, and then talk yeah, about we'll come the coaching back. situation later. Uh, we'll and see that's it. and see that sucks too because we don't know what's yeah. in front of us right now. And I think that I didn't know that his buyout dropped yeah. to so much December first. Yeah. So. If, if if that's the case, then yeah, I'm going to pick Texas to win this game because I think that that shock to the system is enough to kind of really waken up this team and go, okay, like now we need to go out and show that it wasn't, that, that it's not our fault, mm-hmm. that it was Tom Herman's fault. So yeah, okay, then I'll pick Texas to win then. I'm going to assume that that's going to happen as well, and I'll pick Texas to win. But if Tom Herman's still the head coach for this game, I think they lose. I think Texas realizes – I think that the players look at it and go, none of our players want to play for this guy. What, what's the motivation for us to play? So they're going to go out and they're just going to just drop a fat one. But I, if, if he gets fired, then, yeah, I'm going to pick Texas to win. So so I'm picking Texas to win. Okay. So, so West Virginia, Iowa State. Who you got? A lot of, lot of implications on this one, and they've only got Iowa State favored by seven. At – Three thirty. Yeah, at three thirty. I mean, a lot is on the a in lot Ames. Is, yep, a lot is on the lines for a lot of a lot is on the line for Iowa State here. This is history here for this team. Here's the thing: is the moment too big for them? West Virginia winless on the road. Yeah, and it's hard to win at Ames. So uh, you know what this is setting up for? A, 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 an, an upset. upset. Yeah. That everything about this has been building to this moment. And now Iowa State, and we've always talked about going to Ames, and it's that's always the most unpredictable place to play and all that stuff. What would be more unpredictable than Iowa State losing at home to a West Virginia team that's got nothing to play for ha- and has shown that they can come out and throw with the big boys? Yeah. Land a couple body blows. So in the end... Who you got? I still have Iowa State. I do too. I, I just, I mean, I, like, it's just, it's, it's so. And it's not so much faith in Matt Campbell, the head coach. It's faith in John Heacock, the the defensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. He's got that that three three five package that they basically invented there that Texas tried to use, and it failed miserably. But the, he's got that thing humming, man. Te- yeah, Iowa State was getting pressure on Sam Ellinger with. Rushing three guys. They were rushing three, dropping eight back in coverage. Getting pressure on Yeah, which on is crazy. Sam Ellinger. Yeah. It's like, yeah, and I, I, I just think it's going to be too big. I think it's going to be too big for West Virginia. I don't. I, and once again, Iowa State's coming in playing for history. Yeah. You don't think that they're going to know that, ready yeah. to go. They're going to be able to clinch that Big well, 12 spot in front of their fans. And also, uh, just given the year that it is, that it's 2020 and so much, uh, so much, so much stuff has happened this year socially, uh, and if you want to talk about like racially with racial issues that have gone on, the fact that they have their the they're playing at Jack Trice Stadium, which is named after I don't remember exactly when he played, but it was named named after. An, uh, an African-American player that they had that was, I, I'm pretty sure it was in like the 20s, who died on the field. Mm. And uh, the, I'm, if I'm not mistaken, it is the only stadium that's named after a former uh, 
player. So I think Iowa State has a lot more to prove than just they can actually do it. I think they're playing for history. Yeah. They even, like, they have that patch. I don't know if you saw it. If you saw any of the highlights, they have that patch where it's like the little shield with the the three or four stripes down it. Mm. That is uh, in memory of Jack Trice. That is the logo that that he wore on his chest. That used to be the Iowa State logo. So they have it on their pa- uh, like on their they have the patches on their jersey and I think on their helmet too. So I think just to be perfectly honest, I really do think Iowa State is going to win the Big 12 this year. Yeah, it's yeah, there's there's so much. Ooh, man, that is a that is a hot take. So, yeah, I think it just sucks because everything is building for an upset here. Everything is building towards that. I just don't think so. I think this is one of those moments that you can kind of you you can look at it and say, "Wouldn't it be funny if?" But that's about as far as it goes. Yeah. I, I like you just get that feeling in your gut that you just know that Iowa State's going to take care of business and it's going to and they're they're going to do it pretty pretty soundedly. And so we'll we'll see we'll see what happens, but yeah, I'm taking Iowa State too. That's it. That was that. That's actually that's really beautiful, man. Like seriously, like, that's a that's a that's a beautiful story. And I know that you didn't make it up, but no, it's, I know it's I, it's the yeah. truth here. And that's but that's that's so cool. And it's I think that they're yeah. Right, I, you get chills. Yeah, yeah. Hearing stuff like, like that. So, hearing about it, it's crazy. Here, here's hoping, and I'd love to see Iowa State play for play for the championship. Yeah, not the Big Twelve championship. Oh the, yeah, like like and, crack that top four. Yeah, if they can, and, if if they can, if they can beat whoever they play in the Big 12 championship soundedly, I just think that... Oh, I don't think they'll make it. No, I don't think so either, but it would be one of those things that I would... I'm not saying that they will. That is like the hottest take. That is too hot to handle of a take. That would be like Notre Dame quits. uh, (laughs) Notre Dame, the football team disbands. (laughs) Texas A&M loses everything. (laughs) Yeah. 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 No, it's uh, not. I know. I know it's not going to happen. There, there's going to be no Big Twelve representative. But you know that Iowa State will get a a big BCS bowl. And yes, here's hoping that they play someone like that. They don't like put a Georgia. Them, yeah, but they don't put them against like Boise State or Central Florida or some shit like that. Because yeah. it's like, well, the Big Twelve. We'll we'll put like a like a like a a bottom team in the top five and right. the, the power five that's always just there but never really good yeah. enough and yeah. we'll let them whip up on the big 12 i i think that iowa state would earn that that spot to play for to play against like a georgia or yeah or of of, of, of like a wisconsin or something like that so that would that would just be great to see so here's okay. hoping so and then the final game oklahoma and baylor <laughs> which pretty much oklahoma wins once again they're in and it'll be oklahoma iowa state and Oklahoma is favored by 22. Oklahoma has to beat Baylor and West Virginia, by the way. Oh yeah, that's right. That's Based right. Because they, yeah, West they'll, Virginia. yeah, they'll have one more game to go. Um, yeah, that's right. Which I think they, will, I mean, but. yeah, I mean, let's, let's be real here. But wouldn't it be funny <laughs> if, uh, <laughs> if, if West Virginia beats Oklahoma, if West Virginia beat Oklahoma and it's Oklahoma state versus Iowa state. Yeah. That'd be a good one too. I'd love, I'd love to see that. Wait a minute. Hang on. Wait a minute. If TCU can pull the upset against Oklahoma State and West Virginia beats Oklahoma and Texas beats Kansas State in Kansas, 
there would be a three-way tie for second place in the Big 12, and Texas would have the tiebreaker. There's no way, dude. Like, <laughs> let's get the fuck out of here, man. We're talking about them losing their coach tomorrow, and you really think that they're... What, what would... Like, that'd I know, be crazy I know, if, I know. What, That would be so crazy if they hire, if they fire Tom Herman tomorrow, and then all that happens. It's still and a they, It's like the Cowboys still having a possibility of winning the NFC East this year, man. Like, what the fuck is going on here? Yeah, so. yeah. Yeah. I don't think it happens. I think no, that, I don't. Th- yeah, I don't think no, it there's either, no but. way. I think Oklahoma beats Baylor, and I think that Oklahoma beats Baylor. But it would be a, one of those weird three-way tie situations. Yeah, it, where they had all lost to each other. Yeah, yeah. It, it it would be like it'd be like a poor man's 2008. Yeah. In the Big 12. Actually, no. Oklahoma would own the tiebreaker in that situation because they beat both Oklahoma State and Texas. Yeah. So, so never, never mind, mind then. Never mind. Wah, wah. It's over is done all right so i think what, uh, oh yeah yeah i think, score predictions yeah i think oklahoma, i think oklahoma wins 52 to 52 to 13 i see oklahoma winning uh what's your tail cat oh uh i see oklahoma <laughs> that scared me i'm sorry <laughs> you're fine i see oklahoma winning um I'm going to say 63 to 17. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so big. Like, this is, yeah. Yeah. Must miss. Yeah. All right. Let's address the elephant in the room here, and then we'll get out of here. Okay. The elephant in the room. Every time, every time, every time everyone says the elephant in the room, I think of that really freaky scene in Dumbo whenever he gets drunk. And he starts hallucinating on all those pink pink elephants elephants and stuff. Yeah, that I always think of that whenever someone says the elephant in the room. I I it's I just can't help it. But yeah, that's one of those things. I was like, he did not get drunk. Dumbo, Dumbo, there there must have been some acid or something in that bucket of water that the champagne spilled in or whatever. Yes. So anyway, sorry, elephant in the room, Um, elephants on parade here. Elephant in the room. Samuel Cosme and Caden Stearns both now have decided to opt out of their last two games with Texas. Can and they Caden can they go Stearns, back on that? I mean, I guess. But they, but but they Caden, could. Okay. Caden Stearns, the implication here is Samuel Cosme was out of eligibility. Caden Stearns still had another year. So he's opting out of the net, these next two games and next season. Uh which shows to some would show that players are no longer buying into Tom Herman and no longer want to play for him. I don't think that's necessarily what that means. I think that they had the goal of playing for a big 12 championship. And now that's that that's not a thing anymore. I think that they're looking at it realistically and saying, I don't want to be like Jalen Smith and get hurt playing in my last two games and, you know, potentially really hurt myself when it comes to the draft. That being said, how it looks is that the team is quitting on Tom Herman, which like we mentioned, his buyout drops from, it drops by, I think 6 million tomorrow. So by the time that this comes out, the Longhorns may have actually already gotten rid of him, potentially. But here is the elephant in the room 
that everybody's talking about. So, allegedly, there has already been an offer made and a counter offer from Urban Meyer. Allegedly, they are in negotiations uh, with con- uh, in contract negotiations with Urban Meyer. There have even been reports coming out that Urban Meyer's wife is contacting realtors in Austin. Same thing said was said about 13 years ago about Nick Saban's wife, and we all know how that played out. But <clears throat> that's the situation that we've got going on right now. And if this, if that is what happens, and Tom Herman gets released, and you hire Urban Meyer, I think that Texas does get better. I think that that is the one likely situation excuse me where that's the case if you look at the other um the other possibilities that are even like remotely possibilities because of course you could say oh well you know if you bring in Dabo Sweeney or Nick Saban you know two guys eh, that's not gonna happen uh then then the, the Longhorns get better some people are saying you bring in Matt Campbell. First of all, I don't think he's going anywhere. I think he's got a lot to prove at Iowa State, and I think he wants to compete for a national title at Iowa State. <laughs> Second of all, he hasn't proven that he can get over the hump that was Tom Herman's ultimate downfall. Is he couldn't ever get over the hump from a good team to be, from being a good team to being a great team. And the difference between good teams and great teams is. Good teams can beat anybody. Great teams don't lose to anybody. They don't lose games that they shouldn't lose. Great teams don't lose to just anybody. Is I guess what I would say. They don't lose teams that they they don't lose games that they shouldn't lose, and that's not been the case with Tom Herman's teams. I don't think he's necessarily had enough time, but that's just me. The other name that I've seen thrown out there that is, I guess, remotely, tangentially a possibility, is Kyle Shanahan. That would be interesting because he would be the second 49ers coach in the past decade to coach in a Super Bowl, lose, and then go coach for his alma mater. The first, obviously, being Jim Harbaugh, who is also rumored to be getting fired. And I personally think that's where Tom Herman's going to land, either as an offensive coordinator or their next head, ho- head coach. I don't know why. Just get a feeling. I think it makes sense. Anyway, I don't think I wouldn't be happy with the Kyle Shanahan because he hasn't proven that he can recruit. He's younger, so maybe he can relate to recruits, but relatability is not it's not all it's cracked up to be i mean cliff kingsbury related to recruits and what happened there you know uh you're telling me recruits can relate to nick saban and Dabo sweeney and urban meyer and these guys who consistently got the top players no no they didn't have to so i don't i don't know if kyle shanahan can recruit he can coach we know that but I don't know if he can he can recruit, and I don't know if he makes Texas better, to be honest. Because he might not be able to get the players in. 
<clears throat> and that's really it. That's really like there's a lot of names being tossed around. James Franklin and Penn State was one that at the beginning of the year, everybody was really high on. Do you really want him right now? He's one in five at Penn State. No, I don't want him. I don't want him. What, how would that be different than Tom Herman? That would be worse, most likely. At least Tom Herman, when he was hired, he was coming from a situation where he was successful. You know? Okay, so let me, let me ask this then. Let me ask this. Let's say Tom Herman does get fired. Okay. And it appears that he will. Because, I mean, it would only make sense why they would wait. Mm-hmm. Because I think that after you lose that game, that the way that they lost it this week, mm-hmm. I, I, I just don't... I think if it was any other kind of situation, you get let go that next day. But since they were waiting to not have to worry about paying him so much, that's why they'd wait. So let's say it does happen. You're throwing out all these names and you're saying, I don't think that's the right answer. I don't think that's the right answer. Who do you go with then? Who would you like to see hired on as the Texas head coach? Say Tom Herman gets fired. Or do you stick with whoever gets promoted as the interim coach? Well, okay, so I think that there there are only two right answers. And one is if you can get Urban Meyer. Like we talked about a couple weeks ago, I was you know, critical of the idea of hiring Urban Meyer. Mostly that's because I didn't think that that was even a possibility, to be honest. And, you know, will he make the team better if he comes? Yes. Is that going to be enough? I don't know. But I think he's one... He's one of three uh, three active coaches with multiple national titles. So if anybody can do it, it would be him. And the other two aren't going anywhere. You know? So if you can get him, yeah, go for it. He's a unicorn. Right? Which I know sounds like I was changing my tune. But in reality, that was me saying, no, Tom Herman is still a good enough coach to get it done. He's not as good of a coach as he's going to be yet. He's still progressing as a coach. And I think if you give him time to grow into that role, I think he will get it done. It might not be on the timetable that Texas fans want. And that, to me, is the second right answer, is roll with Tom Herman. I think with the team that you have now, even with Samuel Cosme and Caden Stearns opting out, I think with the team you have right now, if the coach next year is Urban Meyer or Tom Herman, I think you're looking at a 10-win team. I think if it's anybody else, you're looking at maybe a seven, eight win team. Okay, so but real in reality, your second right answer is what you would want. It just and it just doesn't look like it's pointing to that. No, I don't think it's pointing to that, but I, I think that's like I think if you bring in anybody else, like if you bring in a Matt Campbell, if you bring in uh James Franklin or Luke Fickle or any of these other names that are getting tossed around. I've even seen some people say Jim Harbaugh. I think if you bring in any of those other guys, they get two, maybe three years to, and and let's be honest, the bar that Texas fans have, have set in their mind is competing for a national championship. And I think if, if the next guy doesn't get it done within two or three years, he's gone. And I think there's one person 
in football who can do that in the next two or three years. And it is Urban Meyer, and he just happens to be available. And according to some reports, interested. So if that is the case, then yes, I think you go for it. But I, I think if Urban Meyer turns this job down, I'm sorry to, to whoever I'm going to piss off. Tom Herman has earned another year. If, if Urban Meyer turns this down, he, he took over for a team that had three straight losing seasons. A coach that was, I'm not even making this up. His win percentage was 432. He had the worst win percentage in Texas football history for a head coach. The history of the program. Tom Herman took over for that, and his win percentage right now is sitting at 625. If they win the next two games, provided he's the head coach, his his the the his win percentage at Texas would be 642. You're talking about a 20% improvement. Is it gonna is it as as fast as Texas fans wanted it to go? No. Me included. But are you gonna turn down like really you're gonna turn down a 20 20% improvement? You're gonna say that's bad? You're wrong. You don't know football. It's not that it's bad, but it's just look where they are now. Like they're not competing for Big Twelve championships. Like if if you want to if you want to if you want to sit there and say, well then by well, that if, logic if that by that logic TCU should get rid of Gary Patterson. But see, but are you comparing Texas University to TCU? Like that's like comparing the Dallas Cowboys to the New York Jets. Let's be real here. For the past decade, TCU's been better. I'm just let's be fucking honest. If we're gonna be honest, TCU's been the better football team for the past decade. Yeah, but see, but whenever TCU falls off, it's just like, oh well, TCU's back to where we expected. TCU doing great was the exception to the rule. Texas okay. Texas being it's poor either, should be the exception to the rule. Like either, you shouldn't be either either way, it takes work to get there. Texas fans act like you just throw anybody in there and oh you should be able to just recruit it's i've i've seen it all over twitter people say oh texas is, austin is a destination place recruits want to go there uh, and it's a destination school coaches want to coach there uh no not right now not right now well and whose fault is that then i mean you got to i mean you got to point at it, it's uh, definitely it's definitely not the guy who turned around the worst team that this program has ever seen he's 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 taken steps in the right directions yes. but i mean he's not doing it's not it's not been it's not been as fast as we would want but to ignore the fact that he has taken steps in the right direction every year by the way with the new coordinators you look at the defense especially they've gotten better every game so that's a step in the right direction every single year they've made a step in the right direction save last year when they took a step back, but that you could argue was mostly because of injuries, which injuries are really out of your control. Right? So I just don't see another coach who's available. Who's going to do what we, who's going to do a better job than what Tom Herman has done. Just to be honest. And if, if you're, if you're talking about bringing somebody else in to do the exact same thing that Tom Herman did and, three, four years from now, be saying, well, you know, we didn't bring you in here to be mediocre. It's like, well, let's be real here. Let's be fucking real. It's not like they took over a good program. 
Tom Herman did not take over a good football team. He didn't. They are a good football team right now. They're not as good as people think they should be. And that's valid. But they're not a good, uh, they, they were not a good football team and now they are. That's an improvement. You know? I'm just, I'm just, I just think that whenever it comes to Texas football, sitting there saying, well, we're better than we were whenever the school was at its worst. Well, congratulations, but I know, no, I'm not saying Texas. You're not saying it's it's good enough. How many years has Tom Herman been there? This is his fourth season. I think you get four seasons to. I mean, has he turned it around? Sure, but these aren't these aren't Charlie Strong's guys anymore. Like whenever Charlie Strong took over, you could argue, you could argue that Charlie Strong took over a bunch of kids that Mac that they went there to play for Mac Brown. Yeah. And so that's why the school did not do so well. So maybe Charlie Strong needed a little bit more time to kind of get his recruiting class together, and he didn't. So then whenever Tom Herman comes in and takes over, you got a bunch of pissed-off kids that, yes, they committed to go there and to play for Charlie Strong, but it still wasn't... Obviously, Charlie Strong wasn't doing something right. So he takes over this group of pissed-off kids... And he turns it around, and now he's got his own class. After four years, this is your class. Mm -hmm. All of this is yours. And the best you can do with it is mediocre. Which is fine, but this isn't Texas Tech we're talking about here. Dude, okay, let's first of all... This isn't Baylor. First of all, first of all, losing to TCU is, is real. They lost to TCU, and that is inexplainable. But, let's be real... I'm not talking about the I loss know, to TCU. I know, I'm I know, talking about the school as a whole. I know, but listen. With the football program, if your only losses are Oklahoma State and Iowa State who end up play or not Oklahoma State, Oklahoma and Iowa State who end up playing in the Big 12 championship. If you look at that season and you say that coach is a failure, you are wrong. I think if it's Texas, you are a failure. No, you don't no. come. At, you, you don't come you in just, to lose no, you to just those can't teams. Fall ass backwards into a good program, and that's what Texas fans think happens. You think, oh, we're Texas, and all we need to do is just, you know, get out of our own way, and the good players are going to want to come here, and the good coaches are going to want to come here. No, no, it takes work, and it's not going to happen as fast as everybody wants it to happen. But look at, like, look at Dabo Sweeney. Dabo Sweeney didn't have a, like, he got that head coaching job, and then he didn't turn it around overnight. And then in within... He, Four he, years isn't overnight. It's not like this he, is his he, first but, year. But I know, but what I'm saying is it was, for Dabo Sweeney, it was five years later when they're playing in a national championship. I mean, do you think that this team is set up to play in the national championship next year? I think... I, yes or no? I, I here, here's well. This is a little bit of a loaded question. I think in a normal season, where you do get spring and summer football, and you get to implement, like they thought they were going to be able to, you get to implement your system with new coordinators. Over, I mean, over a spring and summer, which is when that happens, which they didn't get. I think the team this year would have been a 10-win team. They're only playing 10 games, so you can't do that without without going undefeated, which they obviously didn't. And you didn't get spring and summer, so the team's not going to start off where you want it to be. Yeah, but Oklahoma started off just fine. 
No, they didn't. Yeah, I mean Oklahoma. Oklahoma right now is in a position to play for no, a big. Oklahoma, but see, but right Oklahoma now, lost o- to Kansas State and then Iowa State. They lost two games in a row. They didn't start off just fine. They did turn it around, and they're playing easier. Well, not I won't say easier, but they're they're playing better now on and, both I mean, sides and that's, of the ball. And you expect that from Oklahoma and Texas. But Oklahoma ex- wasn't trying to turn anything around. But see, but I think that once you get into your fourth year, like Charlie Strong is a distant past. You can't I, keep look, using Charlie no, Strong because saying, this is no longer no, listen, Charlie Strong's team. I, I understand that, but what I'm saying is give him the credit that he deserves for turning this program around. I'll give him whether the credit not, that he's, whether that he's not, good enough to be third whether, place in, listen, in the Big 12. Just listen. Whether or not he's good enough to get over the hump, I still think he is, but we're like, we are just now on the outside of. Because last year was the was the last year that you had Charlie Strong players. This year is the first year that you don't have any. So we're just now getting to the the real. This is all Tom Herman's program. I think you have a like a small amount of Charlie Strong players. The majority of that team is still Tom Herman's team. I think you get. I, I think that every coach gets four years. I think if you can I think if you get four years, this is like the first year that those aren't your guys. You're trying to work with your guys. The next year is your first recruiting class, so you still get a little bit of wiggle room. But then that third year, like you need to, like it's it's time. It's time you need to start producing. And if your if your best defense for Tom Herman is like, well, they lost to Iowa State. And Oklahoma State, who's playing for the Big 12 championship. Like, congratulations. You're saying that you're good enough to be good, but not the top teams no, no, no. in the what Big I'm 12. Say, what I'm saying is that's good enough to get you at least another year. I, well, but see, how long will that excuse fly? How long will that excuse fly for for Texas University? I think that I think if, if we're talking about Baylor or TCU or so, like some like some teams that are just like we're just happy to be here. We don't really usually get like the 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 big top recruiting classes. And as long as we're just winning, and the teams that we're losing to are the teams that are the teams that are playing for the Big Twelve championship, oh, I, then that's fine. I, that's not good enough at Texas. I and I, I agree. I, I'm not saying what he has done has been good enough to get to to get the job done. I'm not saying that because the goal is not just playing for a Big 12 championship. This is Texas. The goal is playing for a national championship. And I'm not saying that what he's done up to this point has been enough to play for a national championship. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is to this point he has gotten better as a coach and I think that if you're just going to bring somebody in and expect them to take the program from where it was to where they are now. I don't, I don't see anybody who's not named urban Meyer or Nick Saban taking the team from where it was to where we want to be, which is playing for a national championship. So let's just get that out of the window right now. So the, the bar is lowered. I understand that, but in Texas fans minds, it's not. We all thought that in three, four years, Texas will be quote unquote back and we'll be playing for a national championship. And I think we all looked at the team that we had and thought, yeah, yeah, we've got, we've got the players. We could do it. But to say that <clears throat> what he's done 
if Urban Meyer is out of the, the equation, to say that what he's done isn't good enough to get him a fifth year, I think is short-sighted. Well, You're talking he, about four straight losing seasons off of three straight, uh, sorry, four straight winning seasons off of three straight losing seasons. He's undefeated in bowls at Texas. He's beaten Oklahoma, not multiple times, but he has beaten Oklahoma. I, I, he's he's got a good record against ranked teams. I think your it's, bar is too low. I Maybe Texas fans are too high, but I'm telling I think, you, no, you're, I just you're, think you're I'm more these, patient than you are. You're making you're making. But see, but what if he comes back at a fifth year and he loses to Iowa I State think, and Oklahoma? Well, d- doesn't that earn him a sixth year? And then if he comes back and he no, loses no, no, to no, Oklahoma no, and Oklahoma listen, State, listen, doesn't that earn him no, a seven year? No, no, no. You're talking about hypotheticals right now, and I'm talking about realities. No, I'm talking well, about you're talking, reality. You're, uh, you're talking about hypotheticals and stuff too. Whenever it comes to Whenever it comes to, first of all, why are these players opting out? I know. I mean, I'm no, just I, telling you, maybe it is, maybe it is the, and, and this is what kids are going to see. But they're, but they're this not, is what, this is what kids are going to see here I, is that they're going to see players. Yeah. I, you had your chance. This is what kids kind are going to see. They're going to look at, they're going to look at teams. They're going to look at teams or they're going to look at these players opting out. They're going to be looking at Texas and saying like, okay, well they, yes, he's beaten Oklahoma once, but in his tenure, Oklahoma has beaten him three times so why would I, or whatever so four times then then that's not much better so kids that can look at the big 12 and say yeah i could go to texas and maybe i can be that 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 player that gets them over the hump or i can go to oklahoma and they're winning now they might not have started great but they finished great and they're they're in a position they're in the driver's seat to get into the big 12 championship maybe not play for a national championship because of their poor start and i get it but still, like players are going to look at that, and no one's going to want to go to Texas to play for a team that's good but not good enough. And he has not proven that he can take this team to the heights of Texas. Yes, he was at Houston, and he did great things at Houston. Right. And it was great for teams like Houston or Rice or right. something like that. But no, I, teams I, like yeah. Texas, you need to expect them to... Yes, you I, need like you like the bar needs to be higher, and you I can't agree. like you can't sit there and say that. Well, they lost to the two teams that are playing in the Big Twelve championship. Listen, that's that's a that's that's good enough for Texas. No, I'm not saying that's good enough for Texas. I'm saying that at four years, having played for one Big Twelve championship, a couple plays going your way from playing for another one this year, which was a possibility, and. And if, you know, if you take the freaking points instead of going for it on fourth down, that could still be a possibility. So that is, you know, that's a mark against him. I think if you take Urban Meyer out of the equation, I'm looking at the the coaches that are available. And I'm saying, have any of them had enough success to prove that they can do the same, do better than Tom Herman at Texas? No, they haven't. No, nobody who's available. And the, the people who've proven that are really, really happy at their jobs, and you're probably not going to get them out of them. So I'm looking at the available coaches, and I'm looking at what Tom Herman has done compared to the available coaches, and that's what I say, yeah, I think he's earned a fifth year because there's nobody else available other than Urban Meyer. And if Urban Meyer says no, I'm looking at the rest of the coaches going, no, I don't see anybody else doing any better. I don't see anybody else doing better with the team that Tom Herman took over. Maybe you could argue that Tom Herman got him in a better spot. And so maybe they come in and new, new coach smell and new whatever 
You can make that argument, but that's still hypotheticals. We don't know. So what I'm saying is looking at the field, seeing what the field has proven versus what Tom Herman's done, I think I don't, I don't see another coach available who's going to do a better job. That's what I'm saying when I say it's good enough. I'm not saying it's good enough for Texas. And if, he, if they, they level off where they are next year, yeah, fire him. Bring in somebody new because when you plateau, you never plateau. You, you drop off, right? So you, you get rid of them and you bring somebody else in. But I think that, excuse me, this year especially is unfair to judge a coach like that by uh, by this year because, because of how weird it is. But if Urban Meyer is interested and wants to take this job, all of that is meaningless because you absolutely take Urban Meyer. Right? Yeah. No, I think so. And I mean, I was, I was saying that whenever we argued about it beforehand. Oh, I know. I know. But I also expected Texas to do better than they yeah, have at that this, point. this year. Yeah. At that point. I mean, I, I, at that point, I was expecting them to actually play for the Big 12 championship. Well, and see, that's, and see, that's what you're saying, though, is that you expect better. And, 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 but, and especially this year, it's been. But I'm, I'm also, look, this could say they don't fire him and they lose to K-State. And then maybe it's a little closer between Kansas and Urban Meyer does turn down the job. I might three weeks from now be going, no, yeah, I think we've seen enough. But as of where it stands right now, I'm looking at the other coaches that might be available and I'm going, cool, Luke Fickle has Cincinnati ranked. Cool. Who have they played? People are saying Hugh Freeze. Like, Hugh Freeze? Literally? Really? From Liberty? Because he has Liberty ranked? No. <laughs> like, how is that any different than hiring Tom Herman from Houston? It's just the same gamble four years later on somebody with a different name. I know, but uh, but you're, you're sitting here saying that you've got to give Tom Herman a little bit more time because he's growing as a coach. Like, by the time you get to the Texas job... You should already have oh, coaching figured out. Oh, you, I agree. Like, Texas is not a stepping stool. I know. Liberty I know. is. I know. Cincinnati is. I know. Houston is. So I mean, all these coaches. I know. And even still, we're not. Texas you're, Tech is. You're talking about. You're talking about all the not tip. Well, Texas Tech I is know, a stepping stone into the NFL. I'm messing with you. <laughs> but no, no, I know, I know. But see, and it, it's like, and you're not even talking about like any offensive coordinators that might be interested in the job too. Like you don't know, you don't know who might be working under Nick Saban right now that might be ready. And you, and you get permission from Nick Saban to interview about that too. So I think, I think Steve Sarkeesian is a very interesting, interesting, uh, potential. And you even said, you even said that if the team plateaus, there's no, there's no grow from that. There's a fall off. Right. And, Right now, you could argue that they might be, and of course this is speculation, mm-hmm. but they could be in the beginning of that plateau because they went from here, and now they're about like here's uh, this this whole this whole hand gesture doesn't, thing yeah. doesn't work very well over the phone, does no. it? No, but like you can say that like they were bottom of the barrel here against whenever it was Charlie Strong, and then Great is like way up here with. And let's just say with the Oklahomas right now, 
because that's right now that's where you need to get is is beating Oklahoma and that it just it's just not happening right now and that's like the bare minimum for Texas every year is beat Oklahoma and then Tom Herman has kind of taken him from bottom of the barrel to about middle of the pack a little bit more better a little bit better than middle of the pack and has kind of just leveled off there like his his win his winning percentage is better than charlie strong's congratulations he's taken them from the ninth best team out of a 10 team conference to the third or fourth i mean and that's and that's fine which is not good enough by Texas standards, I could, but to, but I've seen some people saying that he did a bad job, and that's not the case. At the, but second of all, when I'm saying I'm looking at the field, looking at who's available, I'm I am only looking at head coaches, mm-hmm. right? Steve Sarkeesian is one, the offensive coordinator from Alabama. If they're interviewing him, I would be interested. I I just think you have to be proactive as the Texas oh. organization and get there before it drops yes. off. Yes, and but, right but now you could say that the that they're at the peak of that plateau right now, right? Like just because it, they've kind of possibly, gotten here, and it's just it's it it never has been good enough, even mm-hmm. before this whole COVID thing. Because I mean, Oklahoma was able, I, I and you were right. I incorrectly said that Oklahoma started off fine. Nobody started off fine this year. Right. Like no one did. Not in the Big Twelve. Yeah, no one has, and everyone. But even still, Oklahoma, Iowa State, they all recovered just fine. Mm-hmm. Texas didn't. So you can look at it and say, and of course it's speculation, but whenever you're looking towards the future, you you absolutely have to speculate. Yeah. And you got to get there before that plateau happens. And you can say that it's like you've done fine, you've pulled us out of the out of the gutter and we appreciate that. But it's still not good enough. You've had your yeah. 4 years. Yeah. I mean, and you, you you you've turned it around, but you haven't turned it around enough not for us and we need to go in a different direction. Yeah, and I, 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 I don't. I, I, I get what you're saying, but what, like, and I, I get what you're saying too. I like, swear to God, I know, I know you do. I yeah, know you do. I get what you're I'm, saying. I'm a good explainer. I know you get it. Uh, you. That doesn't mean you have to agree with me. I'm just saying the, the what I my goal is for you to understand what I'm saying, and then I go, okay, at least even if it's stupid, at least I'm not stupid. No, no, I get uh, it. I get what you're saying. But like when Tom Herman, so so going back to your point that Texas isn't a isn't a, a springboard school to a better job. I agree. And when Tom Herman got hired, I remember telling my dad, this doesn't feel like the guy. Like there's there's coaches that win national championships and there's coaches that coach right before that guy who who get the team in headed in the right direction and they just don't necessarily get over that hump and then somebody comes in and takes over and builds on that. And gets all the credit, but deservedly so. They take them past that hump and they win a national championship or they compete for a national championship. Excuse me. I said, I mean, not on the podcast, but when Tom Herman got hired four years ago, I said, I told my dad that. And it's looking like that is proving to be true. But I was expecting... I was expecting the the turnaround to be slower. You know, you go from three straight losing seasons, then you go six and six and win a bowl game. You go seven and six. You don't expect to win ten seasons the next uh, ten games the next season. You don't. And when that happened, I think everybody's bar bumped up of of, of how quick this thing should turn around. They're like, oh, we should be going next year. 
and then that didn't happen. And I think, honestly, I, I think if you look back, Tom Herman's decisions to not fire his offensive coordinator after uh, after the ten and two season when the or sorry the ten and three season when the three games that they lost were direct result of the offensive coordinator's play calling. I think you look back on that and you go, okay, yeah, Tim Beck ended up costing Tom Herman the job, but, and that's something an experienced coach would know. Right. Right. Yeah. But what I'm saying is he's gained a lot of experience now and he like from this point forward, he might be that guy. We don't know. And if, no, but you. But, but what I'm saying is, is, or if Urban Meyer is off the table, because of course you take Urban Meyer. Like looking at the other, the other available head coaches. Yeah, but you can't tell me that if Tom Herman gets fired, there's going to be offensive coordinators, sure, defensive co- lining up out the door for this job. Maybe. And so the tech. I mean, I. I would, I would assume say, uh, there, I would there assume, would be, there would be absolutely and, and see once again you have to as an organization you have to assume know, that going wanna, forward I know but I don't want to be the typical arrogant Texas fan that's like oh well we're just a destination and we like no but you can also be realistic and yeah. know that Texas is one of those teams that is ready and and mm-hmm. more people will be lining up for this job because this team is in a better position because of where Tom Herman took him. Right. Like, of course, there aren't going to be a whole lot of people lining up to take over a shit organization like what Charlie, like what, like the way that Charlie Strong left it. But you don't want to sit there and give Tom Herman another chance, and then they because they regressed this year, regardless what happened this they, year. They, they they improved on last year. Last year they lost five games. Okay. Well, it's looking like they've improved on last year. Yeah, I mean, I'm just saying. Yeah, still. Yeah, I'm just saying. But even still, like, it's just still one of those things that they're that they've that they need to get. Okay, well, they have regressed then from the time that they went ten and three. They went down, and then even from that moment, like, let's just say, let's just use that ten and three point, and because that's where Texas needs to be. They need to be winning double digit games all year long. Yeah, more than just ten, but. 10 is fine. Yeah. Especially where it was. And then it's going to regress from that as well. Yeah. So if it keeps going down like that and they give him another year and it still doesn't do very well, then that means that their recruiting class for this next year is still not going to be that great. And then you're not going to have a whole lot of people lining up for the job. I I agree. You have to get ahead of it. If that's what's going to happen, then it's better to pull the trigger before that happens. I I, I definitely definitely agree with that. So the job is a lot. I say all that to say the job right now with where Tom Herman took it is a lot more appealing than where it was whenever charlie strong was yeah. dismissed yeah so you ride that high right now and you say thanks we'll take it from here maybe come back in 10 15 years when you're mature enough to get over that hump <laughs> yeah i know i know and, and texas doesn't have ten, cameras texas doesn't have 10 or 15 years for him to kind of get his no, shit together to figure stuff out yeah. and so they need to bring in someone who's going to that that but, has worked at least under someone that has shown them the right moves and how to mm-hmm. How to get better. I mean, maybe shit, maybe you can even get Lane Kiffin. You know, I'm not saying that that is the right choice, but I'm just saying like everywhere he has gone, you want to talk about a a, a coach that has taken terrible teams and have made them drastically better. Like Lane Kiffin is one of those guys. Lane Kiffin is almost also 
is also almost directly responsible for Tennessee still being in the shitter. I know, I know. So I under I know I understand that, but that's I'm just, why that's why nothing against Lane Kiffin as a coach now, but I don't want him to run both UTs into the ground. So no thanks. Yeah, but <laughs> but if you look at Tennessee and where they play, they're 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 the TCU's, they're the Baylor's of the big of the of the SEC. So. It's re- it would be really hard for him to come into I mean, Texas he, and run them into the ground like how Tennessee when, was. When he took over Tennessee, Tennessee was closer to a national championship than Texas would be if he took over right now. No, I know. I, once again, I'm not trying to say that Lane Kiffin is the right answer here. I'm I not. Know, and I once know, again, not even close to the right answer. Don't go get that guy. I'm not trying to say that, but I'm just saying right. it's just it's looking like that. Uh, but that what, yeah, but what I'm saying is there's there's one clear cut right answer. Like yes, definitely go get that guy, and everything else. I think there's so many questions around it that you could make the argument that hey, maybe the right option is rolling with this guy and seeing if he is going to make another step forward. Now, what I will say is regardless of what happens, I think in 10 to 15 years, Tom Herman will be one of those guys who like, if he comes calling, yeah, you take that call. Yeah. But I mean, if Texas lets him go, he's not going, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be one of those things that he wouldn't come back. Yeah. He, he he said he like the reason why the reason why I wasn't necessarily thrilled with the hiring is because he's even said like he only ever wanted to coach at Texas. Mm. He was a a graduate assistant at Texas. I'm pretty sure he graduated from Texas. Ow. Sorry. My cat just clawed my leg. Uh, So you let, you let Tom Herman go. I don't think he's going to be burning any bridges. I think, his goal would be to get back to Texas. Yeah. So, but but anyway, I just I just think that, especially right now, like they like Texas is not where they expect them uh, and where they need to be. Yeah. And it, and you even said that you didn't think that he was going to be the right guy to take them there. No. And you can't like and it. I I just I just think that you look at it and it was it was the same thing with um. It was right before it was right before they hired. Jim Harbaugh at Michigan, where there was a coach that they had that said that Ohio State is just another game on the schedule. We're not going to treat it better or worse than anyone else. And then you get Jim Harbaugh to come in there, and it's like, no, Ohio State, like it is the goal to beat Ohio State every year. Like and he hasn't. Uh, no, and I know that he Once. hasn't. And I'm not trying to. Uh, well, I mean, and once again, know, it's the same thing with. Tom Herman, like he, you look at, he you has look at once. them. Yeah, he has. I know, I know, but I'm just saying, like it's just, it's one of those things where, like, that's that really is one of the measuring sticks that oh, Texas yeah. uses, and, and, and it's just. It, here's here's the thing: the record is is not acceptable against Oklahoma, but you look at those games. I think there was one that wasn't close. I mean, just still, so, just so once again, that sounds it, like I, that sounds I like know, an excuse I, that no, Texas Tech would use. No. No, I'm not. I, I'm not trying to make an excuse. I'm trying to say like you can't necessarily just look at the record to to gauge whether or not Texas is being more competitive with Oklahoma because you have to look at the individual games. If they were competitive in those games, then then they've made progress because for a while, yes, Charlie Strong won against Oklahoma. I don't remember actually. I think he won two out of three against Oklahoma, but Mac Brown wasn't competing with Oklahoma the last couple years of, of his uh, 
contract. No, I and that's why they let him go. I know one of the many reasons. And I, I mean, know. I think that that's but another what I'm thing saying that you is, can measure on Tom. What I'm Tom saying Herman. is those games weren't close. They but, were getting spanked. And I understand, but I mean, but just still, like being being I, I mean, good I, enough isn't good enough. I get what you're saying. Yeah. And and what I'm saying is by the by Texas standard, no, it's not been good enough. But looking at who's available. Who is going to do better? But you, but you even just said you even we've there, once there again are, we've beaten I, this I, into the I ground. Know, you, I know, but there, there, there are more. There are more options than just the head coaches. But I, if I'm looking at head coaches that are potentially going to leave where they are and come to Texas, I don't know who is going to do better. Well, even still, I think that. This is all moot anyway, because I think that as soon as we find out if they find if they let him go tomorrow, then I think that they know that Urban Meyer is coming. Yeah. I don't think you let go Tom Herman because, and I even said this whenever we argued this before, but you don't let go of Tom Herman unless you know Urban Meyer is coming yes. here. And so I think that if they make that decision, then you know that Urban Meyer is coming is yeah. is going to Texas. Yeah. And and just like you said, you always take that option. So in yeah. the end, we agree on that. Mm-hmm. I just, I just, I think that your your bar, my bar might be too high, and your bar might be too low. But who, like, who knows? But I, I just think that if you look at Tom Herman's overall record, yes, you can break down each individual game of any team of any season and say, well, if one or two things might have gone a different way, then they would have won. Yeah. But if you look at it as a whole, if you take like if you don't go through it with a fine tooth comb and a magnifying glass, and you look at it as a whole, for the University of Texas, it is unacceptable. Mm-hmm. What like it, Tom Herman has brought them out of the slumps, but this is his team now. Mm-hmm. Like it's it, and 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 you've seen what you can get with Tom Herman coaching with the big boys, and it's just good enough to not be good enough, I think. And I and I think whenever it comes to the University of Texas, you need to send that message. And then the people that really think it's like, hey, look, I can bring this to this, I can make this team good enough. And I think that that's whenever you get those coaches, head coaches, offensive coordinators, defensive coordinators, whatever. And like you said, there's a there's a there's a coach out there that has coached in a Super Bowl that is available. I mean, if, I mean, if he's that's not necessarily available. Are you, are you talking about Harbaugh? No, 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 no. Well, I mean, well, Harbaugh will be available, but don't go with him. No, but you but you were I, just what what I was saying is that uh Kyle Shanahan is not necessarily available, but I think of the of the coaches that you might be trying to pull for the, from the NFL, he's the most available because he's a Texas alum. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's the only reason is because okay. he he went there. Yeah, yeah. And 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 I was more throwing that out there like I've seen people throw that out there oh, as a pipe okay. dream. Okay. But I don't think it's gonna happen. Yeah, no, yeah. Okay. So Okay, I thought you had like more information than I did. No, 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 no. It's so. just it's literally just, oh hey, you went here. Yeah, but I think you're <laughs> I think you're right in the end that if it's like if it's Urban Meyer or Tom Herman, you choose Urban Meyer and then if not, then yeah. I mean, it, it depends on who else would be who would want to come calling. And of course, Texas you know Texas has reached out to Nick Saban. And all those guys and have had seen if they were interested because I mean you don't make this decision on a whim. Right. Like if you're gonna fire a coach, you need to have people lined up on right. who you're gonna interview and who would be your front runners. And 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 the front runners obviously are gonna be people that would be interested in the job. But if no one if if, if the people that you talked about are the only people that are interested, then yes, you stick with Tom Herman because the, the, the pick isn't that 
like the, you don't have like a good pick of the litter here. Yeah, that's what I, that's what I'm saying. No, I, and name, I get of, that. of the names that I've seen tossed around. A couple yeah, of but them I mean, are but people, yeah, people on happen. the internet, like if, if people I, are throwing I, those I names around, but you I, know, Texas has other names that have sure. been thrown like, around that we don't even know. Like, yeah, like one name that I haven't seen anybody mention is Steve Sarkeesian. And, mm-hmm. and you're talking about a guy who has NFL coaching experience. He was the head coach at USC for a little bit and got fired, but then now he's coaching with the coach doctor. You know, like, yeah, he's he's literally coaching rehab. You go and you learn how you relearn how to coach under Nick Saban. And then you go to a power five program and immediately start having results unless you go to Tennessee. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, so uh, in the end, like, I, I do see what you're saying, but I just think that there would be a bigger pick than just what yeah. you were throwing out. So, There's going to be a lot more picks. Yeah, that, that, that from which true. that they could choose. That's but true. I, but if they fire, if they fire Tom Herman tomorrow, then I think that it's rolling out the 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 burnt orange carpet for for Urban Meyer, and I think that he's going to be coming there. Yeah, but here here's here's what I really do. Uh, it, all, final all point. That, I swear to said. God, not yeah. not going to interrupt yeah. you anymore. This will be the final point, and then we'll get out of here. All that said, this is what I think is going to happen. I don't necessarily think they're going to let him go tomorrow. Because I think they're gonna inter like I think Urban Meyer is gonna come to Texas. Like I've been convinced now that I think he's I think it's gonna happen. But I think he wants to keep Chris Ash as the coordinator. And if you fire Tom Herman right now, Chris Ash is the only one of those two of the coordinators who has head coaching experience. He's the logical person to take over as the interim. You give him two games as an interim, he might be looking for a head coaching job somewhere else. And now you've lost the head uh, lost the defensive coordinator that at the beginning of the year, urban Meyer said, if I was building a coaching staff, he's my first call. So I think, I think urban Meyer is going to come, but I think that Texas is going to hold off on letting Tom Herman go for at least another week because they don't want Chris Ash to get promoted and then say, well, I don't want to get demoted just to work for urban Meyer. I'm going to go find a head coaching job somewhere else. Then I pick Kansas state to beat Texas this weekend. <laughs> but you, I mean, that makes sense though, right? I, I don't know if people would come a call in after two games, especially with the two games that Texas has left on their schedule. I'm not saying it would be a big program, but I don't like, I really don't know if, if, I mean, I don't know, maybe, maybe he is the type of guy that would be like, you know what? I'm a great coordinator and I don't, and, and my foray into head coaching didn't go as planned. Granted it was at Rutgers. So yeah. And see, I think that if you have the chance to work for urban Meyer, I, I don't think you view that it as would a be demotion. His, it would be his second time working for urban Meyer. Yeah. But I think honestly, I think next year, because here's a potential that nobody's talking about except Ricky Williams. Uh, Sam Ellinger still does have another, he still can exercise the option to come back for a fifth year. What quarterback does Sam Ellinger get compared to relentlessly that won two national championships with Urban Meyer? Hmm. I think if Urban Meyer comes, Sam Ellinger might stay for a fifth year. And I think if that happens... We're talking about a very quick turnaround for for Texas 
getting over that hump. Sure. I know, that's not a prediction of what I think will yeah, happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but just if it does happen. But I, I do think that next year it's going to be Urban Meyer uh, as the head coach. And I would be surprised if it's not uh, the same coordinators. But anyway, now that we've beat that into <laughs> beat the that ground. Beat that one into the ground here. Dude, I think we might be pushing three hours. Yeah, I think this is a big one. I didn't think it would either because we burned through the Stars and the Mavericks and FC Dallas pretty quick. And every other Big 12 fan is like, Jesus Christ, why are we talking about the Longhorns this much? Well, because name another Big 12 team that's thinking about firing their coach. Yeah, if it was anyone else, especially as big of a profile school as Texas, then... Yeah. Yeah. Like, and let's be honest, if TCU was thinking about letting Gary Patterson go... Oh, buddy. Oh, yeah, we'd be talking about that, too. Buddy. Uh, yeah, the list becomes two. Yeah, oh, it's yeah. It's Urban Meyer, then Gary Patterson. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. But. but we'll see. Oh. Do you really want to follow up a flare-out with uh, what I did last week? I don't know if you can top that one. What's uh, What's another good one? What's another good wrestler? Oh, yeah. Hulk Hogan doesn't know what's gonna hit him. Miss Elizabeth, will you marry me? Oh, yeah. Woo! Go FC Dallas.